It's time to add some spice to your nooner. Nooner. <laughs> Funny. This is the place where big-time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This, this is Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome aboard on a rando Tuesday. Rothman and Ice, sponsored by your local Pella Window and Door showroom on Gemini Parkway. Anthony Rothman, Matty Ice Hayes, CB on the trail ride, leading the way. Boys, how we feeling? Feeling good, man. Feeling really good. Sun's shining, you know. Can't complain. Mm-hmm. Inching closer and closer to the weekend, I guess. You know, that's a positive way to look at it. But, you know, I really was in a good mood this morning because you and I, we like to pay respect to legends, whether they're athletes or entertainers that have gone on. Some still with us, some that have gone on. And one of those guys' birthday is today, and I think CB's got a little something for us that can get us going on a rando Tuesday. That's right. Happy birthday to the late, great Luther Vandross. Would have been his 70th birthday. Unbelievable, man, when you look at what this guy was able to do in the world of music, man. You listen to this track, AR? Of course I do. Can't help but two-step to this, man. So just wanted to show a little love off the top to our guy Luther Vandross, man. Absolutely. Would have been his birthday today. Uh, it it warms my heart you actually listen to Luther because you're not of the age that would, that would make sense. The song you missed, though, unfortunately, and this is a, an epic fail, especially by B-Ball Boy in the studio, is that... One of the original one shiny moment dudes is Luther Vandross. Yeah, but yeah, but I'm know, just saying. You never, you get a never too much going. A little love song. Oh no, going, I know, man, I absolutely. Know. I, I want to hear that more yeah. than one shining moment right there's, now from Luther. A, I'm just saying that's it's a big deal. That was you know, that's that's a big deal. Yeah, and I'm I don't surprised know if that is, I don't know I don't if it's as big as is never too if much. One is this Luther. It is my boy, Teddy Pendergrass, who sang it the best. Here we go. Oh, big intro. Long intro. Yep. Amateur amateur athletics at its best. The ball is too. Yeah. And there you are. You're running for your life. Oh, is that good? Here we go. Bring it up. So good. I'm telling you, I get chills. I'm sorry. I'm that dude. I get emotional about sports. And I still feel there is a dash of amateurism that, that survives every time that thing plays. I know people think it's corny as hell. I don't. I live for it. I know they've commercialized it. They've made us wait an extra hour after the game for it. And they've tried to monetize it, and I'm letting them do it. Somehow, I still stay up for it. I do. Every montage I've seen from probably 87 to now. And it's, I got to watch it. 
gotta happen yeah i feel you but i just don't think if i'm at a party i know and we're talking luther vandross and then the dj goes let's get to the luther vandross (laughs) chapter of the party he's gonna if he drops one shining moment see give me give me never too much hey that's drop it again hang on that no no no, drop it now drop it right now i'm telling you that thank you this is what we need talking luther if we're at a party we don't want to hear one shining moment from not at a party i'm just saying it's in the catalog and the guy that's bringing one shining moment is the guy that has the pepsi and the ring dings people don't think they like it but then when the pepsi and the ring dings show up they're like you know what that's pretty cool who brought the pepsi and the ring dings uh-huh now i'm gonna say something you're probably gonna hate if i have to take james ingram or luther i'm going ingram i i just am it's it's me that's fine. i just i feel like james ingram is my is mine Okay. Because I've told I've told this story in there before. And this is how this is why it happened. When I was a kid and, and the Sixers finally got over on the Celtics, they finally did it. Dr. J jams the jinx. I have the SI cover. And in the eighties, and James Ingram's song just once was what they used to play for all the disappointments that the Sixers couldn't do it. And I was such a big Dr. J guy and, and Bobby Jones and Moses Malone and Caldwell Jones and Andrew Tony and Maurice Cheeks and though that team, and because the Bulls stunk when I was a kid for, before MJ, and, you know, I mean, we had our guy. We had Artis Gilmore. We had our guy. We had Reggie Theus. We had, some, we had some dudes. But they would play James Ingram's just once can we finally figure out what we keep doing wrong? And that song just got emblazoned on my brain. And the James Ingram, I, I just think he's, uh, yeah, I, I love him. Oh, man. I'm not. Look, man, he's that got a nice is, little catalog, too. I'm oh, well aware incredible. of James Ingram, but give me Luther all day long. That's just where I'm at, man. I couldn't help but bounce around this morning when yeah. I realized it was his birthday and I had to throw on Never Too Much because when you hear that beat, you can't help but move your leg just a little bit, bounce it up and down. Mm-hmm. If you're at a cookout or something, you're getting out of your chair, you're leaving a yeah. potato salad there, and you're going out mm-hmm. on the dance floor and you're two-stepping, man. Mm-hmm. Maybe find a lady, find a guy, and then who mm-hmm. knows what happens after that. That's what mm-hmm. happens when mm-hmm. you get Luther in the system. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Before you say what's he up to, yes, James yeah. is not here anymore. And but uh the Akron native and uh he he that dude Ohioans will know. James Ingram. I and by the way, Ingram probably leans more towards those ballads and those heart wrenching songs. That's and who knows, maybe that's what I'm how I'm wired. But I'm glad you brought it up. Uh so you gotta maybe you're gonna put on your you talk about doing the two step, maybe Maddie just you know, I'm sure you ordered your new Zions. I'm sure you have you know the what? Zion one. I haven't I'm sure that's on these. the way. I haven't even looked at these. I saw the headline. I have no idea. It's been what, revealed. What I like it. Yeah. I like it. Black, white. It's simple. It's clean, as you'd like to say. Um, I like the fact that it's the, the black on top and the white in the heel, so they don't get completely filthy um, in the right places. I actually like that. I, 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 think, they're, I think they're sharp. I'm they're not, not they're not it. off the charts like wow, but I think yeah, they're yeah, yeah. they work. They're fine. They're, they're yeah. good. They're good. They're okay. You know, Jordan brand team sneakers aren't always the best, but I've got a um uh, I like a, the gum bottoms. I think that's uh-huh. good that the gum bottoms and the blue look. I'm always in on that look for sure. They're okay. I'm not mad at these. I did well. I think they're all right.
So here's something that may surprise you, uh, and and I don't know which part will. So that's why why I will ask. Uh, Vanessa Bryant, Kobe's widow, and his estate has decided not to renew the post-retirement endorsement extension that that Mamba signed in 2016. And so Team Kobe is leaving the swoosh. And the first thing that jumped in my mind was, wait a minute, this still existed? Post-death? Like, I, I, I just wouldn't think Nike would have anything, unless they were putting out some sort of, you know, post-retirement, post-death, that they're going to continue some sort of Mamba line in dedication to him and memorial, memorializing him and his life. The contract that he signed with Nike expired last week. And there are two thoughts on this. So Vanessa did not like the financial aspects of the new deal that Nike was offering. So it's over. And I thought, wow, I'm just surprised that Nike would continue on with this anyway. It's just, And I guess she was hoping for a deal, how, how it's been reported, Maddie, as a lifetime deal, like an MJ deal, a LeBron deal that they've signed with the swoosh. The other part of this is that Vanessa reportedly felt like Nike's strategy of doing the high demand, low supply to jack up the price is not something that she was comfortable with, mm-hmm. that the kids that want to buy these could never afford them and there's no reason to do the limited distribution. So she wanted the shoes essentially to be more widely available. So there are two thoughts here. What did she not like? The no lifetime deal or the fact that they were being limited? I don't know, but she said her hope would always be that Kobe fans would get to wear the products for life. And so Kobe products sell out right away, as you know. And and I'm wondering if now she will seek a new partnership for his legacy. I'm hoping so, because, you know, not just his shoes, but a lot of the shoes that you try to wake up and get on that sneakers app at 10 a.m. every single weekend, they're very hard to get. The bots are in there. It's a weird thing to try to figure out. I just took an L this Saturday trying to get some new Jordan 1s that they just dropped. Couldn't get them. It was just unbelievable how quick that happens, and the supply is very low. So what happens is the folks that do scoop up these shoes that are premium sneakers, they then resell them for prices that are mm-hmm. almost double the original price. So it really is a bad situation that we're in for sneakerheads that really want to get some of the new joints that drop out every single week, like like Jay's. MJ still does his thing all the time, and LeBron and Kobe and all these big-time athletes that have these sneakers now, they're so hard to get because people behind the scenes that know people and then the bots mm-hmm. that eat them up, like 20, uh, 20 pairs at a like time my nephew with the PS5s. Right, exactly. Right, right. exactly. So I, I like that she's in this headspace, and I'm hoping that she's leaning more towards trying to find a route for more people to grab a hold of these things. Because I can't even remember the last time I was on the sneakers app and I was able to get a pair of shoes. I think I've probably literally missed out on the last eight to nine chances on the sneakers Boy. app. So it's a crazy thing to try to find these things. And then when you hop online, a shoe that's originally $200 is now being sold for $800 because mm. people that have them know how coveted they are. So it's a cold game right now with the sneakers, mm. man. It's a tough scene for sure. 
First of all, I figured you'd have some backdoor portal to get to these shoes. I'm I know surprised that I know like, membership people. has its privileges. I just figured a long-time, well-liked customer like yourself Man. would get that priority seating that you get to board the plane first. Wish, that's, that's a pretty big shock. I the second you. thing I want to ask you yeah. is this, because you're in the know. Are people buying these shoes? I mean, these aren't collector's items, right? They're buying them to, oh, to sell them to people that can afford them and wear them. These aren't people that buy these shoes and like just display them in an acrylic box, right? Oh, no. Those are those people for sure. Like, oh, they are? Okay. Like, there's, there's those people that you can combine both right there. There's people that have the money mm-hmm. that showcase them and also mm-hmm. wear them. So they'll buy multiple pairs to have in their sneaker room and also have another pair it's to rock piece out of art. when they go right. Absolutely. So it's a big thing, man. It's a huge deal. You like the ones that Jordan and Nike just dropped this mm-hmm. weekend. They were the kind of the Carolina colors right there from mm-hmm. obviously back in the day. It was a clean look, but of course I got dunked on by the sneakers app again. So you are in the camp today that a shoe can be a work of art. As long as you're not wearing it with a suit. Absolutely. But, I mean, Absolutely. I'm talking about buying to display and For never sure. to wear. I'm just in like, on that. like a car. Oh, like, you're able to buy a car yeah. not to drive yeah. just to display. I'm in. Okay. If you got it, flex on us like that. Absolutely. Do what you got to do. Right. So, just, you know, so Maddie's luxury pad, we may one day see a, a shoe oscillating with a spotlight on it. On a coffee table somewhere <laughs> maybe, when you walk in. Maybe a little smoke, too, comes out of it. You turn yeah. the light on. A whole bunch uh-huh. of displays, man. Uh-huh. That's what I'll have. But it's kind of like what I got going on now. Like, looking around the crib right now, like, mm-hmm. there's That's shoes in sight everywhere. And probably yeah. shoes that I've bought within the last two years that I've worn twice. Are they paired up? Of course they're paired up. Okay, Absolutely. all right. I just wanted one, like, lone shoe in no, the no, middle no, of, the, no, of the room. No, no, no. On its no. side, unlaced, and no. we don't know where the other one is. You can't do that. Nothing okay. but Nike boxes and Jordan boxes over here, man. I got you covered. Oh, that's another, you another, another question. Yeah. Another question. So you do keep the box of every pair of shoes you buy? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, okay. I do that. I, absolutely. They're easy to tra- They're easy to travel with that way. Yeah. I've Transport. noticed. Rather than just stuffing in a bag and you're creasing up your shoes and all okay. that. You can't have Boy. any of that. So you, you keep the boxes, keep the wrapping paper in there. Gives them a nice little fresh vibe, man. You got to take care of the sneakers, man. Come over here and borrow yeah. a pair. I got you. What size you are? 11 and a half. Bam. Yeah. Holy now cow. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> I got you. My goodness. I know Nike's run a little narrow. <sighs> yeah, Might have to do, stretch yeah. them out a hair. <laughs> yeah, they do. That's I'll break sure. them in for you. I got you covered, big dog. Yeah. You can have whatever you need. See, that's what they need. They need a dude at the mall to, when you buy the shoes, there's a guy there that will break them in for you. And what he does is he wears them around the mall, and then he comes back. You ask. That's me. Hey, oh, 11 and a half, that's me. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll hop in these. I'll do a few laps around the mall. I'll bring them back. They'll feel like a glove. Yeah. Not yeah. Gary Payton, but yeah. they'll feel good. Shout out to Gary Payton. Shout out yeah. to the Seattle Supersonics. Strong logo, strong yeah. color scheme, everything. Missed that, by the way. We will uh, get into some Justin Field situation. Trey Lance, another pro day in the books. We'll see if it affects anything. And one of Justin Fields' teammates speaking out on his behalf, Tom Van Haren, ESPN College Football Reporter, 1233. We'll talk some 49ers with our boy Rob Stats Guerrera, SB Nation. 
Stats mm. on fire at 133. Stats. Yes. Uh, Joe Noga will check in on the Indians up in Seatown as they are still a winning baseball team. Mm-hmm. That's right. They can't. They need some hitting shoes. Their pitching cleats are fine. They need some hit. They need somebody to break in their batting cleats. Consistently. We'll, Consistently is what we're looking for with them. That's it. And more mock drafts. Stay close. Rothman and Ice on the fan. If you're looking for the radio home of the crew, you've come to the right place. Because if we weren't, this promo would be very stupid. Proud to be your crew station, the fan. Joggers or sweatpants. Either way, one size fits all. This is Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back in. Rothman and Ice, Maddie Ice, Anthony Rothman. Been telling you about an opportunity coming at you with myself, Bobby Carpenter, and the Ohio Media School. We're going to have a fun little Zoom call with you, some of the listeners, about our careers, Bobby's career in the NFL. And obviously, as an Ohio State Buckeye, Friday the 25th is the absolute last day to register for the Zoom call being given away by the Ohio Media Schools. will be fun stuff coming at you. You can register at 971thefan.com under the contest tab. Again, final day to register is Friday, April 25th. And I promise you, we'll be there. We will not catfish you like Vivian. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you could you could catfish everybody and just have have other guys show up instead. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my god, it, it was a wild catfish story going down on Twitter last. We don't have time to get into today, but just Save go it. go see why Vivian was trending on Twitter in the United States yesterday. It was crazy, man. Absolutely Who's Vivian? Nice. Vivian is. Not a real person is oh, what okay. everybody was trying to figure out yesterday, and it involved the pocket of Twitter and the NBA world. It was absolute madness going down yesterday. So go have some fun with that when you get time. So this isn't with a player because no, I'm no, more no. curious about this no. than anything else it's we're going to talk about. Today it is now. not. It is not with a player at I think, all. I this think involves a guy that was doing an NBA podcast. Okay, and. Apparently, he went so far to change up the voice of his partner to a female's voice on this podcast. So then this went on to another guy that does a lot of stuff on NBA Twitter ending up dating this girl for a now a couple months. So through obviously the pandemic, people haven't been face to face and all of that stuff. So they got on a relationship via Twitter and social media. So all of this came to a head yesterday where this guy that does the podcast threw out a tweet saying that this girl was quote unquote missing. And as the day went along, people started to piece together stuff about her social media, stuff about his social media and his friends and how they were all working together to create this Twitter page of this girl that did not exist. So we've been they've been doing this for five plus years. Kevin Durant was involved yesterday. It was absolutely madness and it was all because of Vivian. And I promise Bobby and I will not do this. We will show up and we are who we say we are. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. You, you opened up the, the Pandora's box. I'm sorry. We're going down this road now for a minute as I I cannot follow anything that just happened so let me let me try and you could lead me around because I I find this stuff uh, incredibly sad but very very and fairly engaging here on Rothman and Ice so this person this this woman you say is touted as a member of of kind of Lakers Twitter 
So okay. each team, we all know, Browns, Twitter, right. like everybody has right. their pocket of, of right, Twitter. Right. And, and NBA Twitter is huge, and Lakers Twitter is even bigger than most fan bases okay. in any sport. And this Twitter page had tons of followers. She's employed it's, by the Lakers or, no, or by like no, Lakers no, 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 Fanatics no, no. or whatever? She, she just doesn't even exist. That okay. person doesn't even exist. But we the, didn't know that. We, right. We, you the hear reason, the voice, though? Like you hear a voice, someone calling themselves Vivian. <laughs> I, right? I heard the clip this morning of people working their way through the voice to get to who the voice actually was, and it, it was this guy's friend. So but this it sounded th- like a female voice. Correct. Like if you didn't tell me the story, I would think I was listening to Correct. a female telling me about the Lakers. Correct. Okay. So okay. What, so what ended up happening right. was this guy. I think his name was Josh. Okay. He started all of this yesterday morning by saying the girl, quote, air quote, Vivian, went missing. So this was a huge thing. You had Markeith Morris um, from the Lakers team himself hopping on Twitter trying to help out. You had... um why would he do that? So, I got to jump in. Why would he do that if she, if this, if he made up this fake nobody female knew. that was nobody co-hosting with him on the podcast? Why would he want to for more make it disappear? For more interaction on their Twitter page. That's oh, and what then eventually this was all she'd about. be found, and then this it, got like, outed oh, when, get, every, okay. when when celebrities got involved, when the police okay. started to get involved, and this okay. guy said, "Okay, this became real. Like we got to bail out on this thing." So this became a whole catfishing okay. thing, and like I said, Kevin Durant was involved. Like this thing was crazy yesterday. So it's unbelievable the lengths that people are have gone to and have, will go to what, to get attention. It's what picture did he? use when he was saying my co-host of the podcast has gone missing he's used multiple pictures this has gone on for years with this and now the pictures of this girl you can see how badly photoshopped they were and it's unbelievable how they're saying how did we miss this how did this go on it's absolutely nuts man it's crazy are you telling me it was the same picture that he used though every time or or something like he he if I tuned in to hear Vivian talk about the Lakers and they promoted the podcast, the picture that would come up was the same one I'd always see. I'm not sure about that. Okay. I know the same headshot he's used. Okay, of that's, her what, and I mean. used that's it. what I mean. That's what I mean. Yes, like he used it on her. It's like an overseas wow, basketball he got in player. Deep. Yeah, he did, man. And once he started to realize how big this was getting, when you have NBA players hopping on to retweet to try to help find this missing girl, <laughs> you're caught. You're absolutely wow. caught. So it was nuts last night. So that's what I'm saying. There's so many details that go into this. So if you're interested in this crazy story that went down, just go to Twitter, type in Vivian, and they'll have all the details for you. Wow. It was nuts. All right. Let's yeah, see. That's what I'm saying. It, it kind of, you lose faith in humanity here because this is like the world we live in now that he had. All right. Final question. I'm yeah. so interested. The voice that was being used as Vivian, correct, who didn't obviously exist. How was that voice created? I don't who, know. I, okay. I don't know. So people were trying to piece that together, right. whether it was one of his best friends or it was him okay. talking to himself, <laughs> talking to himself on the podcast and just switching it up with a different voice. Madness. Who do you trust right. now? <clears throat> Who do you trust now? Like, how could, like, you had a guy on Twitter dating this girl, thinking he had a new girlfriend when the <clears throat> pandemic was over, only to find out that this girl doesn't uh. even exist. Boy, yeah, the Manti Teo story. No doubt. (laughs) No doubt.
Just it's yeah. I couldn't believe this yesterday and the lengths that it went to yeah. and who got involved on this. Ice Cube's right. son, Markeith Morris, and Kevin Durant. Like yeah. and it's all fake. Well, and they yeah. have such a reach, obviously, to try to, to find her and exponentially put it out there. Right. And see this 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 is sad. <laughs> I know. Sad. I know I had, I had to engage. You had me. No. You had me at catfish, Maddie. You had me at catfish. <laughs> oh Tom goodness. Van Heron, ESPN college football reporter. We'll go over the prospects. We'll go over the reloading and which teams are the best to do it. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Radio. It opens your mind to stimulating conversation and live sports. And best of all, it still costs zero dollars. The fan. Ohio's sports destination. Dog advice? Check. Gambling advice? Check. Eating broccoli for every meal? Check. Yeah, I know you're hungry. This is Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back. We go right to the Bryant Heating Cooling Systems Fangus Hotline. Welcome on our friend from ESPN. Covers college football and a lot more recruiting as well. Tom Van Heron. Tom, good to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? We're doing we're doing well, thank you. We have a you know, the Justin Fields thing has kept us going for a while now uh, on whether or not people have re examined him since his last game and, and kind of worked through the smoke screens and all of that. But I, I want to hit you more with the guys that we don't see all the time, and that's the Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, and just your thoughts on boom or bust potential for guys that didn't play the competition that certainly Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence played against, but that doesn't you know preclude them from, not, from being good quarterbacks. I just want to know what your feeling is on both those guys because they're Zach especially is going number two and and Trey certainly has the ability and the ceiling to go high. What do you think? Yeah, just to step back with Justin Fields stuff real quick, I, I laugh at that all the time about the smoke screens and everything that happens just because it, it's you never know what is coming out to maybe try to get someone to not take him or to try to take him lower or whatever. And I mean you're talking about a guy that was recruited by Harvard early on in his recruitment, a smart kid, athletic, ton of talent. So I always laugh at that stuff. I think it's funny. But um, with Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, Zach Wilson I think is really intriguing for me because uh, he he seems like I, a lot of times for me I look at what doesn't show up on the scouting report. And I, I, I do this even with recruiting when kids are coming out of high school. The stuff that doesn't show up on the scouting report, the, the, the mental makeup, the competitiveness, how much they love the game, um, the other stuff that you're not going to see within the star ranking. And Zach Wilson, I think, hits on a lot of that stuff for me, at least. He's so competitive. Uh, he's not afraid of anything or anybody. Uh, and, and I think just the, the mentality within that program that he's coming from at BYU, I, I feel like there, there's something to, um, there's some value to that side of it for him, the mental side of it, because you need that. In the NFL, you gotta love it. You gotta be competitive. You gotta you've gotta be at a different level mentally to be able to succeed. So for me, I, I look at that with Zach Wilson. Um, I, I think he's got a chance to be really, really good, depending on where he goes and what system he fits in with. And then Trey Lance, it, it, you know, this is always interesting for me because I think I, I kind of relate everything to recruiting every now and then. But um, it, with where he's coming from, I think it's it shows you now more than ever that you can go anywhere and succeed and as an individual. You can go anywhere and, and see success and make it to the NFL if you're good enough. And if you've got the talent, you're going to be found. 
Um, I, I, you know, I, I think if if I were judging the quarterbacks, I, I would have Zach Wilson ahead of Trey Lance. I would have Justin Fields ahead of Trey Lance, J- just because I I think there's probably a little bit more risk with Lance, and and you have to hit on your mark, you have to hit on your pick. So I I think I'd have him behind some of those guys, but I I think he's got every shot at being successful. I just don't know because of the competition. I, I just don't know yet what it's going to look like. You know, Tom, you're very tapped in to recruiting, and that's kind of wanna, where I want to go with you next because we're just coming off of a spring game here in Columbus and, you know, trying to find out who's going to be the guy to follow up in Justin Fields, who you were just touching on. But you're talking about a C.J. Stroud, a Jack Miller, and now a Kyle McCord. Your thoughts on those guys as players and kind of who they were coming out of high school and how you remember them when you were evaluating them throughout the recruiting process? Yeah, C.J. Stroud sticks out for me because uh, I, I, with with this crop of NFL prospects, Mac Jones, you know, we talk about the mentality side of it, right? And there's there's different aspects of who you are and your makeup. And Mac Jones, if you talk to coaches that that recruited him, I, I actually got the chance to talk to Lane Kiffin about about recruiting Mac Jones, and Lane said he looks at the personality and and who they are as a person, and he said I like to hang out with the prospect. The, the, the quarterbacks especially, I like to hang out with them on campus when they're on a visit to see who they are. Are people attracted to them naturally as, you know, just want to be around them? Are they are they a confident kid? And he said he saw all of that in Mac Jones. And, and I think C.J. Stroud has some of that too. And, and, and just who he is, um, how he went about his business in the recruiting process, and what he was. I mean, he, he ended up being a really highly rated prospect. We had him at 104 uh, in the ESPN 300, but I think things were probably a little bit slower for him early on than, than he would have liked. And a lot of times that can impact recruits and players as well. If, if if it's not, the success isn't coming to them as fast as they think it should, you can develop a little bit of a chip. You can develop that, that okay, I need to keep working. I need to work harder. And, and when everything isn't handed to the prospects, Sometimes that's a good thing because I think a lot of these guys who are hyped up, the five stars, you know, I I always tell people if I was a 17-year-old kid, to go back to when I was 17, if I was a five-star football prospect and every person on the planet told me that I was awesome at football and I was the best thing and they needed me in their program, I would be a complete jerk about it, right? Like I would not be able to handle that at all. And, and I think it takes a certain kind of person to be able to handle that. And not everybody can. And I think CJ has that. And, and I think that that personality has to mesh with the coach. And I know they haven't named a starter yet, but for me, I, I just feel like the, the personality with Ryan Day, CJ Stroud, the ability, um, a little bit of what he showed at the spring game commanding the offense, I, ju- I just feel like that's the guy. I feel like he's going to shine in this offense. Um, you know, the rival Michigan finished pretty strong with it. They had some late additions to their class. And, um, I, I'll ask it this way. Is Michigan's recruiting way below average or just way below average because he hasn't found a quarterback that, that has turned into a great one? Or are they just bad because they're compared to Ohio State? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All of it. No, I, I think it's been for me when I when I look at it, I think it, it, there's a couple things. One, it's been inconsistent. That that's a big part of the problem. Is it has not been consistently really good in 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 filling needs 
um, in evaluating the right talent and and then developing those those players. I think that's a big part of this. Is when I look at recruiting, I also look at the development side of it because these coaches are recruiting these players to develop within their program and turn into something. It's not just the onus is not just on the prospect. It's also on the coach to find the player that's going to fit within your system and what you want. And you mentioned quarterback. They have not found that yet. And, and that's, that's on both sides, I think, of, of the, the, the talent level that they're bringing in, but also the evaluations that they're doing and what happens once they're on campus. Now, they might, they might get that with J.J. McCarthy. We'll see. I, I, you know, he has the talent and he's got the ability, and I think he's got the confidence to go in there and, and lead a program. Whether it happens or not at Michigan, we'll see. But, you know, I, I look at um, the 2017 class for Michigan. I think, I think that class is just such a good example of what they've been dealing with and what they've had um, to, to show why their roster looks the way it is. If you go back and look at the 2017 class, they signed – 18 ESPN 300 prospects. If you look at the number of players that actually finished their career at Michigan or started at Michigan, it's less than half of those players that they signed that were in the ESPN 300. You cannot have that happen. At the level that Michigan needs to play, you cannot have that happen. The number of transfers that happened within that class, it, it, it was incredible. And and I think one of the big areas, you mentioned quarterback, that's a big area, but the other really big void for me is along the defensive line. Michigan, for for a number of years, a number of recruiting classes, they didn't even sign a defensive tackle, not, not a top defensive tackle. There wasn't a defensive tackle at all. And you can't do that at this level. So there, there's a lot that goes into it for me. But um, those aspects and then what you said as well with just the talent level, I think Ohio State is getting um, a, a higher, higher profile prospect, a more college-ready prospect as, as well. And I think that, that's a big difference. Tom, last one for me, man. We've got about 45 seconds here. What do we need to know about Alabama's quarterbacking situation, especially when it comes to a former five-star guy and Bryce Young? Your thoughts on their quarterback room and maybe the impact Bryce Young could have on it? Well, a lot of people thought he was going to take over last year, and I think people were surprised by Mac Jones and what he did. But but I, I think that, show, that tells you what Bryce Young could be, that he, he had the chance to take over last year. He shined in their, their spring game. He had over 300 yards. He fits exactly with what they want. He's very, very intelligent. He takes the game seriously. I, I think he's going to shine in that offense. I think he's going to be awesome for them. Uh, you'll see a little bit of a drop-off initially, but I, I think they're going to be just fine with him at quarterback. All right, Tom, great stuff. We love checking in with you, man. We'll keep you on speed dial, especially uh, this month. Enjoy the draft. Thank you. All right, thanks, guys. See ya. That's Tom Van Heron, ESPN college football and recruiting expert here on the Bryant Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We'll come back, uh, further updates on Deshaun Watson and his situation. Looks like his current girlfriend is weighing in. We'll tell you how next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. What's the best way to scare your kids into submission? By blasting morning juice through the speakers. You're welcome. Morning juice. Weekdays at 6. The fan. Hey. If you are not kind to animals, humane agent Rothman will kick your ass. Humanely, this is Rothman and Ice. Rothman and Ice here on the fan. Glad you're with us. Sean Watson update list. Two of the women suing him have agreed to meet with the NFL. That's new. And 
they've taken a pretty aggressive stance on this defensively, which makes sense that Deshaun's lawyer is now responding to the 22 lawsuits. And certainly he's accused all of them of lying. You can't accuse some of them of lying. You have to accuse all of them. And now it's on. Now it's it's a situation where you and I have talked about this and um, the additional women involved in the litigation have agreed to meet with the Houston Police Department and they're willing to talk. Whether they're telling the truth or not, who knows? Like I said earlier, there could be a lot here that some, I don't know, we're speculating. Some of the sessions could have not been above board. Some of them may have been okay with it. Some of them may have not have been. Some of them may have changed their minds later. Some of them may be lying. All of them may be lying. All of them may be telling the truth. Like, a lot of lawsuits here. So, on the surface, Maddie, the optics are, wow, if 22 people are suing him, you think, well, they can't all be making it up. Well, maybe they are. I don't know. And you don't know. And his girlfriend is certainly standing by him. Uh, I don't know how this happened, but I don't know if paparazzi cruised up to them on a jet ski. Did you see the picture? I saw it. Okay. Is that your take on that, that paparazzi just cruised out on the lake in a boat when they knew he was jet skiing with his girlfriend? He got like an up close and personal picture of the two of them? I have no idea how this picture would come up. So I don't even know how to piece together where this photo is coming from. I don't know. Yeah. Um he, she has stepped away from social media briefly. I guess she's a model and a singer. And she was dating the dude that played for the Spurs, right? Murray? DeJounte Murray. Yep. Yeah. So she was dating him, and that broke up. And she started dating Deshaun. And I guess this, okay, so this is something. I don't know whether this is on her end. You know what? Maybe this is not. Maybe this is a picture their friends took, and then she wanted to post it on her Instagram. That makes more sense, right? Yeah, that makes more sense. That, yeah. that she so let me just say this: she she double birded the camera. So my initial instincts were she double birded because Deshaun's looking away. That she double birded the camera because she thought maybe there was it was media taking the shot. Now I don't know. I think it's her friends took a picture. She double birded and then posted it on her Instagram. Okay, so that's it. Now we're getting nowhere. Um, Three million Instagram followers mm-hmm. that she has. Yeah. With the double bird flying proudly. And so this, okay, weekend getaway. She's pictured raising two middle fingers, mean mug in the camera, as they say. And he is actually looking away as he hugs her on the back of the jet ski. Uh, so there you go. They have been, I guess they've been together for years. I don't know how long. Years is a fairly decent amount of time, and and this is where we stand. So on Monday, yesterday, Watson, you know, shot back at, at the accuser, saying it's a money grab scheme in his overall response to the civil cases, and that may be where this goes as well. That maybe some of these women win in the civil court. I don't know, but this is kind of where we stand. And everything's on hold because he has. By the way, let me say this: he has not been charged criminally. From what I've read. Yeah. Like, he's not been charged with a crime. This is an, inv- an active investigation. 
into what they're claiming. So this is where we stand. His deal with uh, we mentioned by with with Beats by Dre with Apple that that reportedly will not be renewed. Um, so he's taking it. Uh, from a public relations standpoint in this story with everyone being on hold and not being able, because it's toxic right now. I just can't. Sure. You yeah. cannot attach your brand to his brand right now because you have no idea yeah. which way it's going. That's it, right? Uh, that, that makes sense from you know those those business perspectives um, with the momentum that can come behind that and the blowback that can come behind that. So I understand you know some of these big brands not wanting to be attached to him for right now, but it's all we can do, man, is keep updating this thing. And both sides are digging in here, and I know Deshaun and his camp have come out uh, here recently with a pretty strong stance about how they feel about the accusations and all of that so i can't imagine what this is like for all parties involved obviously very heavy stuff but for this guy right now to just be wrapped up in all of this at this point in his career it really is something so we'll see what happens and i'm sure we will get answers as the days and the weeks move along but we've completely completely did a 360 on deshaun watson since all of this stuff started to come out about i'm talking about the trade stuff not even this stuff oh. and now you've got this on your plate and you're trying to get out of an organization and all that it's a ton but he's got to deal with this for sure and it ain't going anywhere but people from his side are digging in and start to speak up a little bit more and the people that think they know him very well and that deal with him mm-hmm. on a daily basis are, are siding with deshaun so that's where we are yeah no, there's no settle talk around that camp because oh, no. even even if it got to that point where he settled civilly, the NFL could then step in and, and still give him punishment, still suspend him, yeah. like under the personal conduct policy. So sure, sure. He, if, he, if he settles, then in the court of public opinion, it's admitting guilt. No doubt. And then the suspension would come, and then I don't know who would trade for him until the dust settled, and maybe you would pending the suspension and, and sit through that. And because if he's not guilty of any crime, then you'd probably feel more confident in trading for him. Mm-hmm. But he shouldn't settle if if he's innocent, and it I just agree. speaks yeah. to how com- complex all of this is. Yep, no doubt. So. All right, we'll come back. Sports Center update, top of the hour. Get you caught up on everything going on. And then we have a McShiper mock draft. A dueling McShay-Kuyper draft, mm. mock style. Next, Rothman and Ice on the fan. Winners of the prestigious Platinum Microphone Award every year, given to the best radio station in the world. Uh, no need to look it up. It's real. The fan. One of them survives on almonds and broccoli. The other crushes frozen pizza in his unwashed sweats. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back. Rothman and Ice, second hour. Peeked my head in the golf simulator there, Maddie. Pulled out a couple of a couple of sticks mm. for later. A couple of Callaway Epic Speed. Mm. What we need is speed. Fast. Greasy, fast, beep, beep. speed. Beep. Uh-huh. That's right. Oh, Let's so we got if, a uh, a three ten tea time today. Yeah, that's right. We got to okay. we got to see if Sunday clicked. A little bit, right? Feels real you know, go- Listen, the robots of the world, the robots, which are the, the pro golfers, they don't play the same every week, and they're robots. Right. Why would I expect 
Exactly. Why do any of us expect to? Oh man, it is uh, such I don't. A good I don't hit feeling. the range. I yeah. play like twice a week, and yeah. I'm supposed to go out and break. You know. Yeah. Live up to a handicap. It's anyway. such a it's such a good feeling when you're watching the dudes on tour and they go left into the trees, they dunk one in the water. And you're like, you know what? Maybe I need to chill out when I'm out there yes. and I'm hitting two tee shots in a row into the weeds. Like maybe I need mm. to relax because they're doing yeah. it too. Into the blank. <laughs> All right. By the way, you heard Reese mention in the update that uh, Los Rodan against the Indians, and it made me think of. Has has anyone pitched two straight no hitters? And I look back, and the name certainly the name Johnny Vandermeer is a pretty big name when it comes to the history of baseball. And he did, he did, he pitched two straight no hitters back in the in the thirties. And obviously, you should know because well, Cincinnati Reds, the Cincinnati Reds. I figured that was the first time I've heard that name. You've never okay. I just figured maybe in their history you'd have heard the name. I I, I've probably heard my dad mention it at some point down the way. He 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 was uh, he pitched for the Reds and he had two straight no hitters. Okay, and so something new today. So here's the beautiful thing about Vandermeer. In order to break his record you would need to pitch three straight no-hitters. And I started thinking of records that will never be broken. And no one mentions that. No one does. I'm not talking about tying his record. I'm talking about breaking it. Sure. Like Babe Ruth's single-season home run record was, you know, was overtaken by Roger Maris. They probably thought that would never be. Mark McGuire, then Barry Bonds. Um. Ty Cobb's career hits record, right? Lou Gehrig's consecutive games played. Guess what? There was a guy named Peter Rose and then a guy named Cal Ripken Jr. Mm. that came along. You didn't think those were going to be broken. And and so, but Johnny Vandermeer pitched two straight no-hitters. Who can break that? That's baller. Three straight no hitters. Yeah, that's craziness. That's craziness. I mean, wouldn't you bet your life on that? That's craziness. Yeah, I can't even wrap my mind around it. Like, I, I don't think we will ever see that <laughs> again. Like, I know that all these dudes in the league are throwing a million miles an hour and in in the, all that stuff, and Bieber's got a penthouse to the basement curveball mm-hmm. and all that. But like, I, yeah, Nolan Ryan almost up. did it with two. He almost did it with two. Okay. And and Ryan was coming off a I mean this is the early seventies stuff. And he so he had a chance to do it. And and of of the guys that could do it, you would think, well, maybe he, he could do it. But this isn't like matching strikeouts. This is like no hitter. There's a lot of luck involved and defense involved and all that. And so but it's amazing when I think of of Nolan Ryan and he lost his I think the shot. I'm trying to. Th- I have to go back and see when he in the second game, in the second chance when he gave up that hit. Let me see if I can find that. Let me ask um, you this: That would be amazing if it happened in the 30s. Did it really happen? <laughs> well, there are pictures of him. <laughs> okay, I'm just I mean, saying, I, mean. <laughs> I assume they were telling the truth. <laughs> okay, it's not that crazy. There are people that are still alive, Maddie, from the okay. 1930s. Okay, I'm just asking. 
<laughs> I'll take your word for it. I will absolutely take your word for it. And I'm with like you, you just, man. You, you just told every 80-plus-year-old that's listening to our program that they don't exist and no, anything see, that happened when you were a see, kid never happened. I don't, need, I don't need the wonderful OGs of the world trying to dunk on me today. I don't need that. I'm all with them. Did it I actually really like them. happen? I, I like them more than the millennials and the Gen Zs of the world, even my mm. people. I like them more than us. 90 years from now, two dudes are going to be doing this radio show from their houses, and they're going to say, hey, remember when that guy, there was a guy named Shane Bieber. He struck out like 10-plus uh, dudes for his first four starts. But that happened back in 2021. So did it really happen? See, here's the thing, though. There'll here's be video. The thing. Here's the thing. We will have plenty of video because technology is going to be crazy by then, and I'm assuming YouTube will still be around and all <laughs> of that stuff, so you can just type it in for sure. I don't know if I can go to YouTube and find this. Can I go to YouTube and find highlights of Wilt Chamberlain? Mm-hmm. Like People think no, that's fake. No, the 100. Fake. People think that that's fake. I don't know how you feel about that. Did that really happen? <sighs> <laughs> we'd, have, we'd have to go. Th- we, <laughs> I know. I'm just throwing these out there now because it's another one where it's like it happened so long ago, and we've got the picture, and everybody can close their eyes and envision him holding up that sheet of paper mm-hmm. that's got a hundred on it. But did that really happen? <laughs> My goodness. Uh, by the way, there is. By the way, there is video. Okay, good. That makes me feel. I good. think there is video. I'm. I'm. I'm trying to pull it. two no nos in a row. Two no nos in a row. Yeah, to break nuts. it, you need three. It's nuts. Yeah. I don't know. I feel. I feel. I feel like I could sink my teeth in, my feet in, ten toes down mm-hmm. on that record. Never I would think so. Broken. Yeah. All right. Here never. it is, Johnny Van. By the way, I'm going to send. I'm going to send. I'm going to send CB this link. It's only about. It's about 18 seconds, and I'm going to have him listen to it. And I think it, it's either Johnny Vanderbilt being interviewed, or there might be some video. By the way, yeah. we are not Cleveland fans putting this out there in, in hopes that this happens tonight. Because no, I don't no, no. think that Rodon's going to Why do you think I'm away. talking about it? <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm it, saying. It I just, just want to doesn't happen. Right. That's why I brought it up. Pitching uh, a second consecutive no-hitter? Yeah. There's too many things and that have to go right. We highlighted it. Some of the key plays that were made in that game defensively. You talked about the Abreu play. We talked about Jose Ramirez lining out to left field late in the game on a 3-1 count. Like, you got to catch so many breaks mm-hmm. in baseball for you to get to a perfect game or, excuse me, a no hitter, let alone a perfect game. It's so difficult and there's so many no hitters that you can look at and go back and look at highlight plays that teammates have made to really help out their pitcher man it's such a thin line like of course you can go out there dominate yourself as a pitcher sit send 27 guys back to the dugout and do all that stuff on your own but that's usually not how it works you need a cat to dive in the hole and make a play a little backhand to stab climb over a fence knock over some nachos and bring a home run Mm. back like you need a little bit of that did you see the dude that got spl- that the the nacho cheese splatter <laughs> at the Dodger why, game? That's where my mind went. Is that's that why mind? I think so I said So he got nachos. splattered on that home run yeah. trying to catch that ball. I think he got the ball. I don't think he caught it, but he got the ball. And all of the nachos went everywhere. You didn't come here for the food, did you? The nachos went everywhere and the cheese, and he had his girlfriend next to him. And guess what the Dodgers did? They what brought they him I, two brand new hoodies, World Series championship okay. hoodies. That's a win. I, I initially After he got thought splattered you were, with the cheese. I thought initially you were going to say like two orders of nachos, and I was going to have to dunk on the no. Dodgers. But I think that they absolutely—that's a win. That's a nice give back mm-hmm. to the fan right there. Hey, Maddie, 
you know, you can't pitch two straight no-hitters until you get the first one. Mm. Talk about and the it. first one's hard enough. Talk so we'll it. see if Los Rodon can no. – uh, no, no. we'll see how many – here's the better question. Yeah. And this is more of an over-under. When did the Indians get their first hit tonight? Because, oh. the, because his no-hitter yeah. technically continues as far as innings pitched against the Indians with no hit. So my question to you would be, when would you bet that the Indians break up the continuous no-hitter from Carlos Rodon? I'm going to say that this happens, oh, man. Early? Yeah, it's going to happen early. I just don't know how early I want to say. I'm going to go second time around, maybe in the mm-hmm. order there. Yeah. Give me like the third or fourth inning, somewhere in that window. I don't know what the weather's going to be like. Can't imagine it would be great weather. Uh, it's supposed Chicago. to be horrible. Okay, so there you go. So don't love that for the pitchers already. So I think they're going to – I'm sorry, for the hitters already. So I'm going to need another at-bat. Give me another lap for the hitters. So I'll give you the third to fourth inning there, a window of time. Cleveland's not having this tonight. They're not having this. they got to get off the mat with this guy. This is a revenge game. We Uh love revenge games and fantasy football guy going back to a new squad or he feels like he was wronged or whatever. He's going to go off. Cleveland's going to get after Rodon. I can feel it. I'm feeling good about what they're going to do. Well, I have – don't say it too loud i have rodon on my fantasy team i mean well, i'm okay no. you know let's not like destroy him let's just you know see. if he loses well, how can right. i work this out for you can i work this out for you do we get you a hand how about of this K's? better question yeah. better question yeah. who gets the hit wow okay i'm not gonna give you the the, the guy you think i'm gonna say i'm gonna get uh, a little frisky the here. guy behind the guy no 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 uh, i i don't even know of course you were gonna to say jay ram but you're yeah. not gonna say that I'm not okay. going to do that. I'm not going to give you that. How um, about who's going to get the hit? About, tonight? No, I haven't seen the lineup yet. That's how what about I was gonna suck, um, so who's going to? Like is Luplo is Luplo leading off? Is he lead off? CB is your guy leading yeah, off? Yeah, he's kind of hit or miss on when he when he uh, when he starts. He's usually in that leadoff spot. Okay. All right. How about this for a bold take? Yeah. He leads off the game with a hit. I like that. I like the way you're thinking. I like the way you're talking. Like, uh, I'm all in on that. Like, I was going to go. Crazy. I mean, the odds you could get on it would be pretty good because yeah. I think I could get, I think in Vegas, if, if I could bet a prop on that, would Luplo break it up as a leadoff hitter? I bet I could get, I bet I could get 10 to 1, 12 to 1. The advanced numbers really agree with you there. Yeah. I'm not mad at it. I like the big You got though. another name? I'm a, I'm a big Fran Mill guy. Like, yeah, well, Reyes could do it. I what like he Fran he, Mel he's clean up. He's cleanup. That makes he's a, sense. He's right in the thick of things is what we call that. Thicket. Right in the thick of things is Fran Mel Reyes. But thick no, fetch. I'll give you Fran Mel Reyes tonight. We had, like I said, okay. haven't seen the lineup tonight, but give no, me the no, big we call. Call Tito, CB, get him on the horn, yeah. tell him that I've got Luplo and Maddie has Reyes breaking yeah. up the no-hitter Yep, that will be continuous for Carlos Rodon. Yeah, they're going to get him tonight. They'll get him tonight. Yeah. Adam, here's the, let me ask you this question. Yeah. You said the weather's not going to be great. You think Rodon goes no sleeves, no shirt again tonight? Oh, whoa. There's another mm-hmm. prop. Yeah. Holy cow. Let me see. We're, we're up Because you Cleveland. know he's Mr. Curls for the girls with those biceps. He's got oh, the Schmedium jersey he's going. Yeah. He's got no button, about three, four buttons down the way you rock. Wade, he's on the John weekends. Travolta style, man. That dude is way down. I'm surprised he's That's not wearing some sort of medallions on. In there, 
I still think he's going to grind it out. I think he's going to stick with yeah. it. I'm going no shirt, no sleeves tonight. Four buttons down for Rodon. Framil Reyes goes not? bridge on him out there in left field. And, oh. the, and the Indians get it well, done. Well, if you're going to have somebody going bridge, at least make it Ramirez. I have him. All right. Well, all right. Well, how about this? How about I give you Ramirez and Ramirez and Reyes hit home runs. They're both okay. Um, sing, only one run homers there. One run chase solo shots. in the third, and then you get them out of there. Can I give you that? Does that yeah, work better that's for fine. you? That's okay. fine. I don't. Uh, by the way, forty degrees at game time. Real feel twenty eight. Is he gonna do it? Is he? I, oh, I'm gonna say Rodon. I'll tell you this: goes, it wouldn't no be a horrible story. It wouldn't be a horrible story if it went like into the fifth. Like it wouldn't be a bad story because you would have heard it here first. The Johnny yeah. Vandermeer, the Johnny Vandermeer double no hitter. Yeah, I, I got some so. crafty vets that just walked into my studio. Sure, including my boy Rit. Hey, Ronnie Rit, you know who, you know who Johnny Vandermeer was, don't you? Who did he pitch for? You don't have that, but do you remember him? Yeah, I remember the name. All right, he remembered the name. I, just, I, I, I have a, a host who says it never really happened if it happened in the 30s. <laughs> just ask him. I was, I don't, I was just throwing the questions out there. That's all. <laughs> Didn't really happen. <laughs> in the 30s, that's uh, it. All right, just Matty 2 OGs just walked in, man. I had to throw out a Johnny Vandermeer. Okay, okay. My yeah. boy Ronnie okay, Ritt, my guys. workout partner in the morning, just motivating me to greatness. Yeah, maybe Getting they after were, uh, it. maybe they were eating meals back in the day. How old are they with Johnny Vandermeer? Uh, our boy Dwayne, no way three straight no-hitters happens now. Of course I, not. Of I course agree. not. He says, not in the climate where starters go six, maybe seven in stops, maybe 30 complete games. First of all, you don't have to give me the deep dive on the no way three straight no-hitters. I don't need much backup on that. Wow. I if two straight no-hitters has only happened once in the history, I assume three is fairly safe. I not because of just the guy. era that we're in. Oh, it's like fantastic. It's more. a nice take. I love a good take. More of those. Yeah, Dwayne's Dwayne's solid. He knows his stuff. Yeah, we do. Um, that's right. All right, we'll come back. You want to hear who how the McShiper draft went down? Yeah, let's break it down. All right, do that next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. We know everything about you. We know you love the Buckeyes. We know you love the Jackets. We know you're wearing a red shirt. I just freaked the hell out of someone. So bad. Old school and new school, joining forces to give you an education. This is Rothman and Ice. Johnny Vandermeer became a baseball immortal when he pitched two consecutive no-hit games. On a June afternoon, he shut out Boston 3-0 and returned to the mound four days later to beat Brooklyn 6-0. The record has not been equal. Four days rest. <laughs> JVM, four days rest. The Southpaw. I love it. From Jersey. Two straight no hitters. Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, no, look, this has led to me, you know, a couple of my fellow Reds fans have dunked on me during the break for not knowing that. That's fair. Just being completely honest, I didn't ring a bell when I heard that name. Had to educate myself. I'm here so for, big guy. thank you for bringing that up, man. I appreciate it's that. A, it's Going an, off and uh, dusting off the tapes there. You're all right. Your, your penalty and punishment will be a bowl of hot cobbler with a ball of vanilla ice cream on it. Triple so, berry style. I'll take uh, that punishment. Here's the uh, here's the so so McShay and Kuiper did a mock draft, three round mock. We're not going to go that deep. 
uh, they, three rounds, 105 total picks about who they thought. So they went back and forth. Uh, once a player was gone, that was it. I mean, there were no deals that even hint that I won't take this guy if you take this player. There was no no cheating, nothing like that. They didn't get together on this, and it's not a made-for-the-internet event. But it goes um, – so Kuiper had the first pick. He went Lawrence, obviously. Uh, Jets, McShay took Zach Wilson. Now we get to three, San Francisco. Kuiper's pick. Well, he's already tipped his pick. He loves Fields. That's who he took. Took Fields at three. We like that. Falcons. Uh, and I don't know if there were any trades in this mock or not. I think they just took a player, right, Matty? Is that I right? Is I think there was sh- one in there. Was there a yeah, trade? I think, the, okay. I think there's a couple in there, yeah. All right. Uh, at four, Atlanta. Already has Matt Ryan. Probably not to take a quarterback. They could, but I don't think they will. And I also think they're, they're ripe for a trade here. But they do get to own the weapons. They get to decide which weapon. So, of course, they took Kyle Pitts. And so they've got their dude. Uh, Cincinnati, Kuiper's pick. Who do you take? Um, Pinay? He did. He just didn't think the Bengals could pass up on a franchise left tackle. And he's probably right, even though Joe Burrow's buddy, Jamar Chase, is on the board. You know, And we know it. I will t- I'll tell you this. Yeah. And I want you to tell me if you agree with this. Yeah. And CB can as well. If Joe Burrow never gets injured, who do they take? I've thought about this, and I think it's a great question, honestly. Um, boy. I think they take Chase if he never See, gets injured. It doesn't mean the offensive line's any good. Yeah. I just, I'm wondering if the injury itself was like shame on one, you know, shame on yeah. me kind of thing, the twice. I hear you. I hear yeah. you. I think, but I still think there was so much overwhelming evidence even leading up to that True. game. And I know you and I differ on the situational stuff in that game, but I think even leading up to that, they had so much looking at them and saying, it's just not good enough. It's just not good enough. And I know that they've done a, a couple of things, and maybe that's just a good enough Band-Aid for this year. But I think your question is definitely a fascinating one for sure. When you don't have that playing, replaying in your mind over and over as the decision makers, decision makers for the Bengals, would that affect where they are now? I still think this is a, a 50-50 thing either way. Uh, I think as we inch closer and closer to this uh, thing kicking off next week, I yeah. still don't don't have a great feel of what they're going to do. I know what I would I want mm-hmm. them to do, but who knows how this is going to go. I, I think either way it goes, I think people would be like, okay, I get it. Chase, Sewell, I understand. If Sewell is there, I think they take him because it checks the big boxes. Need and want. Like I think it checks both boxes. It's The thing that tips it is Chase being Burroughs dude and Pitts probably being gone. Now, if Pitts isn't gone, who is Atlanta taking? Well, that's the question I have Eric, already. Is I mean, I think- that, it's Atlanta that's so that's, – they may dictate this. They are the ultimate X factor, aren't they? Well, like, what if we- somebody trades up that wants a quarterback at four and then they take – Well, here's the thing. That's where they get. This is where it gets kind of interesting here in this kind of dueling mock draft. Mm-hmm. Here is you mentioned there that ATL goes Kyle Pitts, the Natty goes Sewell, and then they've got here or McShay does. Mm-hmm. He's got Miami at six, taking Jamar Chase, and he then does. the trades start to get going. They've got New England sliding up to seven to take Mac thank Jones. Thank you, thank you, I uh, thank you for somebody saying that the Lions are absolutely open for business and that New England can't go to ten. And feel like they can get their guy. Now, I, on yeah. draft day, they can. Like, if, if New England's not hell-bent on getting up and getting a quarterback, 
And who did they take, Maddie? They took Mac, you yeah, said? Yeah, who? Mac right, Jones. Wow. So they took Mac instead of Lance in this particular one. I mean, this is only these two guys thinking, but For I... sure. I feel like New England may let this draft come to them a little bit, and if they feel like one of those dudes that they like does come to 10, then they could make a move. But I like the fact they're thinking they could get up to 7 and get him, depending on how things go. Yeah, and here's, here's my take yeah. real quick. Like... Mm-hmm. I would still be, if I was one of those teams that's thinking, hey, over the next few days we really want to cook up a package to try to get up and get one of these quarterbacks, I'd still be a little worried about Atlanta. I really would. Like, I, look, Matt Ryans, how many good years does he have? Do they want to go down the developmental quarterback route? Like, I, I still think that's where I would want to get. If I was a Carolina or, 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 mm-hmm. or any, Denver or any of these teams that we've talked about so much about possibly going a different route or getting their quarterback in the future, like, I think that's where I would feel safest. It's four because in the back of my mind, I'd still be a little worried about a new head coach in Atlanta and Arthur Smith coming in and saying, okay, we got Matt Ryan for now, maybe even next year or whatever the situation is going to be, but let's get the the quarterback of the future in the building as well. I'd be a little worried about Atlanta too. All right. A guy that's tapped in is our dude, Rob Guerrero. Stats on fire. 49ers NFL SB Nation. He'll jump on next and we'll get hopefully an inside slant on what he believes will happen at three and whether Fields is involved. Rothman and Ice on the fan. This is Ohio State football coach Ryan Day on your home for Buckeye football, the fan. Ohio sports destination. Just a couple of guys whose love for fantasy sports may exceed their love for real sports. This is Rothman and Ice. It's close, that's for sure. Welcome back, Rothman and Ice. We open up the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. He is Rob Stats Guerrera. Stats on fire. 49ers, NFL podcast host, producer, SB Nation NFL. Stats, good to have you. Thanks for having me. All right, first of all, before we get to number three, let me ask you this. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, what's the true feel here? on um, When that trade went down and they gave it all up, and they when they did it, when the Niners did it, Maddie and I were on the air, and I said, "Oh my goodness, they're going to get Fields." It was like it was like uh, Bud Fox in Wall Street. He's buying Anacott Steel. Um, I felt like they were going to get Fields, but give me the Jimmy Garoppolo feel right now. Placeholder, band aid. Uh, will he be gone by the time they play? What do you think? I don't think there's any chance Jimmy Garoppolo is on this team in 2021. You don't give up three first round picks plus. To the extent that guy's sick for a year, there's no way Jimmy's on the team. There's just no point, really. You can't even say give the rookie a year because Jimmy's so unreliable with his injury history that the court of the rookie may be playing in game two anyway. There's just no reason to do it. They'll save about $24 million on the cap if they get rid of him. Jimmy G has played his mouth down for the 49ers. You know, it's a tough thing for us to try to figure out right now, but you're wrapped up in that 49ers world and your interaction with fans of San Francisco when it comes to this third pick. Are you getting more, we want Mac Jones, or are you getting more, hey, we want Justin Fields, or another option? To me, the overwhelming favorite from the fans has been Justin Fields. He has been the guy that most of the fans that I've interacted with want. He can run. That's the thing. You know, all the blue check marks and a lot of the national draft guys that keep saying Mac Jones, but you're not choosing between the accurate pocket passer in Mac Jones and the inaccurate, 
mobile quarterback in Justin Fields. Justin Fields is just as accurate as Matt Jones, so you get all that accuracy plus a guy that runs a 4-3 or a 4-4 40-yard dash. There's no reason not to do it. The fans all want Justin Fields, and I hope that we are just days away from hearing the commissioner say that too. So why do you think the Mac Jones thing took off right away? And because, listen, the 49ers own the third pick. If Zach Wilson is going second and Trevor's going first, like there was no fear of anything, no real smoke screen there. Why did the Mac thing jump out to an early lead? And do you think there could be a wild surprise here and they could go Lance? I think that Lance is definitely possible. Um, I don't think Matt Jones is possible at all. I think that people jumped on that early because of Kyle Shanahan's love for Kirk Cousins. But I really think that Kyle has sort of evolved. Um, there was a game last year where the Bills just kicked the heck out of the Niners. It was, it was just a beatdown. And I think that kind of opened Kyle Shanahan's eyes to what you can do with a quarterback that can move a little bit. And it's not like the 49ers had a bad defense and Josh Allen just shredded them. And after that game, Kyle talked about how the, what you can do with a quarterback that can make plays beyond the structure of the offense. And that's not something the 49ers have ever had with Kyle Shanahan. And usually his system is good enough, but Kyle's experience over the past three or four years has shown him that they need a guy that can go beyond that. And that's not what Mac Jones is. So even though Mac Jones might have been closer to the quarterback Kyle has always had, there's been an evolution there that I don't know that many people that aren't following the Niners day in and day out are aware of. So I think that's why the Mac thing kind of took off early. You know, Rob, I'm looking at how where the Niners are right now, and I, I think they're in one of the lucky spots, man, in, in the league to where you're picking third, but I don't think that really necessarily can lead you to how good of a team this is going to be because just so many injuries last year, and I know a lot of people in our neck of the woods were keeping their eye on Nick Bosa and what the, he was going to do, and it looks like he's going to be off to a solid career. But just talk about what these this rookie quarterback is going to be walking into as far as this the team as a whole because I think this is a squad that's going to bounce back and give a lot of people problems. I completely agree with you. I think that's dead on. They had more injuries last year than any other team in the league. There wasn't a team, I think there was one team in the last 20 years that's been as injured as the 49ers according to Football Outsiders. It was a tsunami of injuries. And so unless you are pounding that the Niners are going to have another year of a historical amount of injuries, they're coming into a roster that's basically really, really similar to the one that went to the Super Bowl. The 49ers have not had a lot of roster turnover. I think they kind of surprised themselves with how many people they were able to bring back because of the lower salary cap this year. This is not your typical number three overall roster. They have a loaded roster. If they can get production from the quarterback, like we've seen from some of these guys that have come into the league recently, like a, a Justin Herbert in uh, with the Chargers, the 49ers could make a legitimate, not only make the playoffs, but I think make a deep playoff run because the support around the quarterback is going to be there. Yeah, talking with uh, our guy Rob Guerrera, stats, 49ers, NFL, SB Nation, as we try to uh, zero in on what the 49ers may be thinking. Certainly, you know, he's traveled all around. He's gone to these pro days. Um, when we arrive at draft night, stats, who do you believe the experts in Vegas will tab as the favorite for pick three? I think they've already done it. Justin Fields moved into the favorite last week to be the third overall pick. I think that, you know, they don't, you don't build all those casinos out there for being wrong very often. <laughs> I 
think they have seen the light. I think it's Justin Fields. And I don't know why the National Riders, there's been some sort of backtracking, but they still keep mocking Matt Jones for the 49ers. And they're all going to act stunned when, when Justin Fields is the pick. But that's who it's going to be. Vegas knows it. And I'm just marking the days off the calendar until I can get that Justin Fields jersey. <laughs> Real quick, uh, Rob, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, the division, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. Interesting storylines wrapped up uh, this all season inside of the NFC West for sure with some new faces coming in to that division. Just kind of your overall feel on the team surrounding San Francisco and the West. Oh, it's going to be a meat grinder of a division because Russell Wilson is still in Seattle. He's always going to be good. Matthew Stafford now coming into the rounds. I don't know why some people doubt this. No one seems to disagree that Matt Stafford is better than Jared Goff. So why would Sean McVay lose with a better quarterback? He won games with Jared Goff, who I think is a tomato can of quarterback. They're bringing a legitimate guy that can throw the ball with the best of them in the NFL. I think the Rams are going to be, to me, they're the favorite to win the division. I think they're going to be a big problem in the NFC. San Francisco, we talked about the roster there. And then with Arizona, they're the worst team in the division, and they, you know, they were a really strong team last year. They were eight and eight. So Kyler Murray, the number one overall draft pick, you, they brought in JJ Watt, they brought in AJ Green. The Cardinals are the worst team in the division, I think, but they're still a really good team. So every week in that division is just going to be an absolute battle. Great job, Stats Guerrero, with us, SB Nation, talking 49ers pick in the NFL. Great to have you, Rob. Be well, man. We got you marked down for Justin Fields and that beautiful jersey. Book it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thanks Rob. Stats was on the Brian Heating Coin Systems Fangus hotline. Although I also feel like he may have been juggling in the interview. Like, yeah, not man. like the phone, but like juggling. Like, you know, you know where you got the lean in. By the way, that's I hate that. Like, now with the you lean in, you get the mute. You know, you get the chin mute. Of course. You know? Man. The old Can't iPhone, deal with that. Man. You got to be careful with that. He's out there on the left coast, probably doing an interview, looking at some water. Maybe he's even hanging out mm, in the neighborhood in where the Rams are, where yeah. they're doing their uh, the draft room, the war room in that Malibu mansion, which was just baller. And they're kind of, oh. hey, one up in Cliff Kingsbury, anything you could do, I mm. can do better. We can do better is what I should say. Yeah. The f- field of jeans. Mm. Field of jeans. They're going to be ready to go. I mean, yeah, you heard them. Are. I mean, that's something we've touched on, too. Like, regardless of what quarterback goes to San Francisco, there's going to be a ton of pressure coming with that. Because like Rob yeah. said, they are a year removed from representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. And I view their situation similar to what he was talking about with the Rams. I just think they need a little bit more from the quarterback position. You give San Francisco that with that defense, with mm. Nick Bosa and company, the Niners are going to be a problem. Yeah. Boy, that red and gold is nice. Yeah, it's clean. It's yeah. clean. I had a yeah, girlfriend back it. in the day that bought me one of those varsity jackets with the, you know the pleather mm. sleeves. Love of was a forty nine because I love Joe Montana. Yeah, and huge fan. And I had one of those leather pleather varsity jackets with the SF with kind of the puff SF on mm. the side, and oh, then man. on the on the the patch on the side where the Super Bowl patches yeah. on the side. Yeah, and then just said like forty nine ers on the back in that red and gold. Yeah. My goodness. It's a clean look. You can never What's that go jacket wrong. up to? Can ne- I don't know. It's a great question. It's a Brutal. great question. But I love a nice bomber jacket, varsity jacket mm. type of look. You can't go wrong with that. It's worked in the 70s and the 80s, oh, and it works in 2021. So you can't miss. You yeah. can't miss. Yeah. may have to go find that somewhere. Somebody has it. I don't think I don't I mean I don't think she has it. 
Well, oh, she took it back in the breakup? Hmm. Maybe some other Do you take something like that back? Well, can you take something like that back? Maybe After it was a gift. it was worn? It was my jacket. It was Correct. a gift. Correct. No, I think... That, yeah, you don't want to... I don't think so. She know. stole it. I don't know. <laughs> she stole it. Um, all right, coming back. Buckeye Bulletin time. Uh, we'll dig into some Ohio State information, and we'll pass it along to you. Rothman and Ice on the fan. On air. Online. On the app. New methods of consumption. Same great radio taste. Take us with you everywhere. The fan, Ohio sports destination. It's- Rothman and Ice present... Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Don't go through another air conditioner breakdown. For fast, friendly service, call the experts at Logan Services now for a free estimate and next day air installation. All right, Maddie, Big Wyatt Davis, uh, who really came alive as a third-year sophomore uh, and then uh, really came on just leading the way. He was interviewed by the NFL Network, and of course, the narrative turned to, "Hey, you've been in those huddles. You've been, you've been where Justin Fields has been. You know how hard he works. Now you're his teammate, of course. But what do you have to say about all this stuff?" Okay, and Justin Fields doesn't always lock on the first read, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, so what do you say to all that? Honestly, I, I think that this, this certain narrative that you're talking about that's getting pushed out, I, I just kind of sit there and laugh at it just because, one, I know the type of guy he is and the type of guy he is in the film room. I mean, this is a guy that is the last one to leave the facility and is the last one to leave the film room, and he's doing everything in his power when it comes game to make sure that there's no mistakes. And as far as him loving football and that goes, he was the main one that was pushing – the Big Ten to have a season. So, you know, I kind of just sit there and laugh at that narrative. I know the type of player he is, and I, I have to believe that these organizations know the type of player he is. And if they slip up on him, I think it's going to be a mistake that they'll regret. Yeah. It, it won't be a slip up based on the work ethic part. And I don't even know. It, it may be system fit or who they're confident, but ceiling-wise, you and I have talked about it forever and will continue to do it for the draft i don't know where in the world that could come from and it just doesn't make sense to me or you and i saw a dude that got after it in every game he played every game mm-hmm. from injury to leading uh i watched that dude on a read option pitch at michigan state Raced 70 yards down the field to block for his teammate who was in the clear, and he outran a senior on MSU and Elijah Collins who is 10 to 15 pounds lighter than he is. He cares. He cares. That's a guy that plays every down as if it's his last. And sometimes that's a weakness Yeah, as, as a quarterback, which we witnessed in the Indiana game. So be objective about that. But the other stuff, come on. Yeah, I mean, doesn't it was, exist. It was it was all nonsense to me when, when that stuff was thrown out there. Because to me, you don't play at the level that he's played at for a couple of years without putting in the work, without grinding when nobody's looking, without being a leader, and all of that. So uh, 
still don't understand where that – actually, you know what? I think I do. It came from a team that wanted him to fall. I think that's what that mm-hmm. right. was to me, and that's the game. That's the dirty part of the draft season and all that stuff that some of these guys' names it kind of ran through the mud a little bit, and you know, other teams think that that can benefit them. But you got a teammate, like you said, in the huddle with him in the locker with him, worked out with him on a daily basis that knows what he's about and how he's wired and how he is a leader by example. And I think that's big-time stuff there. So you mentioned that stuff there with the Michigan State play. You heard what Wyatt Davis said, which we've talked about, where this dude put his name out there early on before we even knew we were having a clean college football season and really went to bat for everybody wrapped up in college football. Then you get to the Clemson game. Who knows what's happening to him after that big-time hit. He gets off the mat and goes on to play in that game well and then show up in the national championship too so he's got everything to me that you absolutely want wrapped up inside of one prospect and you touched on that play there man uh, when you talk about him up Mm -hmm. at sparty showing that effort and get down the field like that's one thing i love about baker mayfield because baker does the same thing you'll see him when his guys break a long touchdown run They'll cut to Baker, and he is flying down the field, too, with that passion, with that support of his teammates. And I love seeing that from Baker, so I definitely love seeing it, too, from Jay Fields because I think that's such a good message to have with your teammates is that I'm riding with you. And when you do something well, we're going to celebrate it just as much as when you guys celebrate me rocking out and throwing touchdowns. The guy who wants to be a household name this year is Zach Harrison. Certainly is a household name here in Central Ohio because of Olentangy Orange and uh, the fact that you can't walk by him without your eyes popping out of your head as far as passing the look test. Well, he played in all the games last year. He started against Maryland and Clemson in the playoff. And he played the second most snaps, basically, among all the defensive ends on the roster. Well, he believes that will help his confidence because of the experience. I feel like I'm just getting more comfortable. You know, the more and more plays I get, the more and more reps I get, the more and more uh, success I feel like I'm, I'm having in the spring, the more my confidence level builds up and and that's for everybody you know and um i feel like that's been one of the biggest things really just just the confidence level and and the feeling comfortable in my skill set and what i do played pretty well down the stretch you know he he's going to build off that in the big 10 championship game he had four tackles he had a sack uh over the final i think five games he had like um you know he had double digit tackles TFLs, he had a sack, so, you know, and if you go into the champion where they rate these guys with a team, you know, as a true freshman, he was a champion five times, so here we go, Zach Harrison, your time, go get it. Oh, get it, big dog, because it is time. Like I want to see him put it together. We know that dude's got so much talent. You mentioned he's one of those first guys off the bus for your Mm -hmm. team. He's got that look. You want to set the tone with a dude like that. But we're talking about these quarterbacks, and we're going to talk so much about these quarterbacks for the rest of the summer going into the fall, having to deal with pressure and following up a Dwayne Haskins season, following up a couple years of a Justin Fields. But Zach Harrison was right there in the thick of things, having to follow up a Bosa and being around to Chase Young, and then when Chase Young leaves and goes to Washington, all eyes were on Zach Harrison. Can he be that big-time pass rusher? And there's a ton of pressure that comes along with that as well. So now that he's got some seasoning, he's been around, I think we're definitely going to see a really, really solid year from Zach Harrison for sure. That is today's Buckeye Bulletin. All right, guys, make your health a priority. Make it a priority. It's quick and easy. Get that health assessment at Low T Center. They specialize in men's wellness for us. Follow the strict medical guidelines, and they are one of the leading men's medical providers in the country. They've reinvented the doctor's visit. You're not going to sit there for an hour and a half 
make it quick and easy. Get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone. It starts with an annual wellness exam. So that's a comprehensive health assessment. So what you're going to leave with are all the numbers important to your health. So I get it. If things aren't feeling right, you're not motivated, you put on some weight, it could be low T, it may be low thyroid, it could be sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and they can help you. And they offer monitored self-injected home testosterone treatments if needed. Um, They'll provide you the convenience of a take-home blood pressure monitoring cuff. And the beauty of all this is it's covered by most health insurance. So let them help you. Low T Center, book your annual wellness exam today at lowtcenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. We'll come back. Sports Center update, top of the hour. Deep dive. We got an extension for an NFL coach. We'll dive into who has the most pressure moving forward. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Most shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and I feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for A Deeper Dive. Sponsored by United Dairy Farmers. Miss filling up before gas prices went up? Get UDF's low price lock with U-Drive. All right, welcome back in. Rothman and Ice, third hour. Mike Tomlin continues in the Steel City. They've signed their head coach to a three-year extension through 2024. Third longest tenured head coach in the league behind Big Bad Billy and Sean Payton. So they hired him, took him from my bikes, by the way, and Pittsburgh has not had a losing record with him there. Now, I know you don't weigh everything on that, whether he's just got a winning record, and the playoff loss and the future of Big Ben and everything that's kind of hanging in the balance was like made him kind of hang in the balance. Like we didn't really know like how they were going to commit to this. His salary situation, you know, is Mike Tomlin doing a good job? Of course he's doing a good job. In Pittsburgh, you have to do a great job. And I think that there's a shelf life that happens. And it happened with Marvin Lewis he hasn't had near the success, you know, that it just wasn't good enough. And, you know, so when I saw this signing, I'm like, okay, that kind of keeps things together while they're in a rebuild. And so if you're a Steeler fan, I, I don't think you're mad at this. I, I, I just don't know if he is celebrated as much anymore there with Steeler fan. It just doesn't seem like. And now the pre- it's a great time to get an extension, Maddie, because the pressure is really off. I mean, I guess it's on for Big Ben's final ride, but how much are they really counting on the Steelers being a contender? Well, I guess with Big Ben and that defense, you yeah. feel like if Ben if Ben wraps up his career the way he'd hoped to, they make a run into the postseason, and he goes out the Hall of Famer that he is. The worst case scenario is he's not good again. His arm just doesn't come back, and it just we're watching a guy fall apart in front of our eyes. But with Tomlin still stalking the sideline, to me there's still a feel that everything in Pittsburgh can be okay again. I, I, I guess I put it this way, like I just did. I think they're okay with it. I don't think there's quite a celebration, but it, it kind of gives you that security feeling that, that he's still around. I would be celebrating it, and I think – you know, I think for certain fan bases, when you have certain success and you don't reach the top of the mountain after you've reached it, there can be a feel of, 
okay, we got to start figuring this thing out again. And I think that's where Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh is, because to me, I just happen to think they're a consistent running game away from being a contender. That's what I mm-hmm. think really let them down. They had some key injuries on the defensive side of the ball last year too, uh, which we talked about throughout the season. How is this going to affect them? And it ended up affecting them because clearly they weren't the same defense they were at the beginning of the year where they were absolutely lights out. So I think if they do sure up this running game, I'm all in on what the Pittsburgh Steelers can be, but the X factor absolutely is big, Ben. But getting back to Tomlin, I've always respected this dude. Absolutely. I'm all in on Mike Tomlin as a head coach. And sure, I'm sure there's some Steeler fans that may not Mm -hmm. love everything that he's brought to the table. He's got a 500 postseason record, eight and eight, but he's reached the top of the mountain twice. And they are absolutely in the mix more times than not. And I think that's all you can ask for from a head coach and from a franchise like the Steelers is consistency. And I think they mm-hmm. bring that to the table all the time. So even in the midst of last year when we get to the postseason, and that thing goes down the drain quick against the Brownies with the start of that game. Overall, <laughs> you zoom out, you'll take that overall record every single year if you're a Steelers fan. So I don't think that they're far off from being a contender. I just think there's some holes on that roster, mainly with that running game in the offensive line, that I don't love right now. But this is mm-hmm. what the Steelers do. They lock in on their head coaches, going all the way back mm-hmm. to Chuck Knoll. I mean, Chuck Knoll, oh, yeah. Bill Cower, and Mike Tomlin, your only coaches yeah. for the Pittsburgh Steelers going back to 1969. So they've had three guys holding down the fort. And I'll bring this question to you, AR. If you were a Steelers fan today and we were waking up and we caught wind that the Steelers and Mike Tomlin weren't going to work out a deal, I'm asking you your own question. Would you be worried about Mike Tomlin coming back to haunt you? I think with the right, yeah, in the right, right place, I think he's a really consistent good coach. I do. And they're tough to find. We've seen that happen, where teams make changes for change's sake. Yep. And this is this kind of comes back to, are you a victim of your own success? Mm-hmm. And when you set the bar at a certain place, yep. and then the fan base gets a taste of it, and now it's like everything that doesn't inch even close to that is a failure. And an 8-8 eight and eight season in Pittsburgh is a failure. <laughs> right. It is. Yeah. And it's just the way I they've know. said Because when you win 11, 12, 13, like they do, and they keep pounding out AFC North titles, it's it's the run in the postseason that they they want to make. Now, they made it to a championship game, what, five years ago? Wasn't that long ago, right? They were playing the Patriots. Am I wrong about that? I'm going to have to double-check that. Yeah, I have to double-check that. You may be locked they, in. Yeah, I, don't, I think they were four quarters in. away not long ago from the big boy, from the big game. Um. And they seem to make the playoffs every year. Now they've gone through a, a time now on the decline of Big Ben. Look what the Patriots just went through. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick, greatest coach to ever live. What happened when he lost Tom Brady? Okay, things change. Yeah, things sad. change. I'm not putting it all on him. Yeah. Like, but I know when you got the right pieces and the guy, is he wins 65% of his games, Mike Tomlin. He's pounding out AFC North titles. Now it's going to get harder. And this is, and that, by the way, this extension isn't like five, ten years. I mean, this isn't like some lifetime deal. It's just to kind of keep things going with him and see if they can come back. Now, hey, ro- yeah, here, go ahead. let me, let me, I'll put something on this because I know Steeler fan will probably, will probably say this. I can already hear it. I can like hear it through the headphones. Well, how many playoff games have we won lately? They wouldn't be wrong. You're a victim of your own success. Yeah. You want to give him time to try to find the next quarterback? 
and see if they can't rebuild this quickly. There's a long history. You're right. They're crazy loyal to their coaches when they find the ones they, that, that are good and they like, and they don't have a lot of turnover, and they kind of keep things feeling like they're, there's some cohesiveness. Mm-hmm. They don't like a lot of restarts and rebuilds. And now, So this extension, while it's not a long one, just kind of keeps things going through this transition. If he doesn't make it through the transition very well, from Big Ben to somebody else, then guess what? That'll tie him up with his contract expiring. And what what I say, 24? 2024. So yeah, he'll get so, a couple cracks at it. Yeah. He'll probably get a couple cracks mm-hmm. at it with a, maybe it's Haskins, maybe it's a guy, who knows, right. that they end up drafting. You think it, Haskins is going to get a, a shake outside of a Ben injury? I didn't love the Big Ben signing. That's what we talked about. Mm-hmm. When he came back, that's what I was worried about for him. Are they really going to get any true answers as to what he is? And look, they may be able to figure it out in practice the same way maybe New Orleans did last year, right? Maybe they saw so much in practice against their defense that they felt good, obviously, with running and back with Jameis, and maybe that can happen with Haskins, so where you got to go up against that defense every day. We're going to find out who Dwayne Haskins is behind closed doors. I don't know, but he's good. I think Mike Tomlin, with the way that you said this contract's going to lay out through the 2024 season, he'll have a, a chance to reset here with, with a, another quarterback. Can't imagine that Big Ben's still going to be hanging around at that point in time so he'll have to he'll he'll meet some pressure here eventually look and i get where some Steeler fan bases may be and i think you're labeling it right when you talk about a victim of their own success because i think that's where we're entering we're going to enter a little bit of that now with the browns based off of last year to where a eight and eight season ain't going to be good enough anymore it's not because you've already tasted what the playoffs are like in advancing and all of that and I was sitting there this morning getting ready for for the show and I was sitting on the toilet when this came down and uh wait 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 what I was on the toilet this morning you know handling business and I got the alert on my phone so I started thinking said all right looking at these AFC North head coaches right now like who's under the most pressure right now? Because I think sounds you can look like at, you. You're the one that was on the turlet. It was actually it was easy. It was easy. It was easy. Easy transition there. Well, I'll leave it. My dad time. likes to say in the office on the throne. <laughs> exactly right. But I was looking at these head coaches. They are, and I was saying to myself, Yeah, self, which AFC North head coach is under the most pressure right now? Because I think each guy we could look at and make a case for some type of pressure, and then we could figure out who's got the most around them. Ravens, Harbaugh, they've been in the mix recently. You got your young quarterback, been in the playoffs, won a game last year. Zach Taylor, hey, we know you have your quarterback. Now we need to see more progression. And then you get to Cleveland and Pittsburgh, both in the dance last year. Pittsburgh with all the history. Stefanski, it's time. Let's roll. Like I think there's cases for each head mm-hmm. coach in this division that are feeling mm-hmm. some type of pressure. Not yeah. I'm talking, hey, hot seat, you're fired. But, hey, this can't be middle of the road, just kind of cute stuff anymore. These teams, this is a division that's got to start making some noise like they have been. But I think everybody's involved now with some type of, all right, let's go get it. All right, so what would you come up with? After you finished the business. When I flush twice, because you should do that regardless of whether flush you're with twice. yourself or not, it came back to Stefanski for me. After because, you lit the candle or before? Uh, that, uh, you know, the candle was lit before huh. I sat okay. down. Yeah, it was lit before I sat down. Right. But I did come back to Stefanski because I think with the season they had, wow. with reinserting Odell into the mix, 
strong offseason, I think, with defensive guys already, and we haven't even got to the draft. And I think they're going to be, I think, the darling of the division mm-hmm. from the media and a lot of people because of all the talent. So I think the pressure is going to fall into Stefanski's lap, maybe a little more so than the other coaches around the division. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong after the reinsertion. I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I do believe that my, my inst- the knee-jerk reaction, I went to Harbaugh just because sure. of where – but then I said, wait a minute, he's won a Super Bowl. Yeah, like he's made the playoffs all those seasons, and his he's he's pretty highly thought of. It is the Browns, as unfair as it is, it's what they just did. It's exactly what I just said about getting a taste. Now, but the realistic part of it is that the Browns are a gr- are a great roster, no doubt. They showed they can be a very good football team, and it's unfortunate for Stefanski. Also, for you rather be in this position, not right. that you are being talked about as a. They're both being talked about as contenders in the AFC, but mm-hmm. I think what's taking the pressure off both of them is they they only have to get so far, and then it's okay. Well, it's Kansas City. Buffalo certainly has more pressure than probably both of them, but see, here's the I, thing: like I think Cleveland is just as good as Buffalo. I was thinking about this the other day. I do. Like, even with the recency stuff with Buffalo, you drop Buffalo and Cleveland on a football field right now, mm-hmm. I mean, Cleveland may be the favorite. Mm-hmm. I, I like Cleveland. I, I think their yeah. roster is one of the best in the league, not even just the AFC, in the entire league. And I've felt that way over the last couple of seasons, and I think it's only gotten better over the last couple of years. So I, I think I got to come off the it's Kansas City and Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's Kansas City as no, the top I, I, dog, I didn't, but I think yeah. Cleveland is right there with the Bills and everybody else, and I think some of these teams are looking up at Cleveland. It's amazing what happens when you get great leadership. It's amazing what happens. Now, you got to have the roster to come along with it. You can't just be a great leader like Bill Belichick is, and it doesn't matter. Like, we saw that last year. But what he's done with Baker and what they've done with this offense now and what it can be, and now they're trying to beef up the defense. It's unfair to throw it all on Stefanski that you better be as good or better than last year, but that's reality. That's the NFL. It's the ultimate league. You have to be that team. The Browns have to make the playoffs. That's that's bottom line now. For sure. And I don't know if I would put that pressure on Pittsburgh. I don't. I think I think you have it right. I think it's Browns slash Baltimore, then Pittsburgh, then Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Ton of t- ton of pressure around Cleveland because it's been fun over the last couple of years talking about you got these young guys and all these guys are on young contracts. Well, that stuff's going to start running out here in, in the end of the summer and obviously into the season. They got to cash in here. When you talk about Baker and Chubb and all of these guys, right? Like that's been the great benefit of this Cleveland Browns window is that you haven't really had to pay everybody. Well, that stuff's going to start kicking right. in, and that's when things can start getting a little funky for some roster. So the Browns okay, got to cash okay. in. Okay. Yes, jump to the jam, boogie woogie jam, slam, bust a dialect. I'm the man with a plan, and I think they are a team that you're right has to cash now because the decision will be having to be made on Baker soon. Down and Chubb this yeah. year. All right, extensions. Chubb, right. Yeah. We'll come back, play a little truth, play with us next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Every time Common Man starts to yell, there's always a chance he strokes out. So that's something, I guess. Common Man and T Bone. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The fan. Tell the truth with Rothman and Ice. All right, CB. 
Knock it out. All right. So our first one, I want you to tell the truth on the trivia question I have for you because I found this out yesterday. So Christian McCaffrey in 2019 became the third player in NFL history to do a season of 1,000 receiving, 1,000 rushing yards. Now, this has happened once in the 90s. It was late 90s and then once in the 80s, mid-80s. And the guy that did it in the 80s did it and then was never close ever again. Can you name those two players? I got the first one, AR. I only have You one. got the first one, meaning the dude in the 90s? Yes. That's All right, here's the deal. Here's we got a ta- we got a lifeline this thing. So why don't you let's let's work through the '90s guy yeah. and then we'll 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 stamp it with approval and we'll send it into the into the drive-through bank cylinder and through the tube. It always wow. stu- it always stuck with me when McCaffrey did this, and I'll never okay. forget that one of these dudes was Marshall Falk. The other guy, I have no idea. I, All right, I really so let's don't. work through the let's work through your guy. Um. It seems fair, like that seems like a given to me, and I'm wondering if this is a trick question or not. Um, but you are talking about one of the best dual threat guys, so I'm, I'm not going to steer you off it. I don't know the exact year. It, would Ladanian Tomlinson be somebody that we oh, might like want to look at? I like that. I like that. I know, and I, 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 I'm not going to steer you off it because I I'm don't want to be the guy that screws Falk, this up for us. That's a okay. great grab by I, you. I know. And I just, it, it jumped about dual threat guys. Now, the yeah. problem is he said 90s, and I can't remember for the life of me no, if LT was a 90s guy. He had to be later. Let's go with Falk. Let's stick with Falk. Okay, I feel so good about that. We're sending Falk into send the it. tube and hitting send. Bloop. Marshall right? Falk is correct. In 1999, nice. okay. his first year in St. Louis, he good nailed work, it. AR. Good work, right, AR. One for one. Well, you had it. Well, we work together. You teamwork have, okay, makes the dream. That's out. what they say, right? Yes. Let's work this out in a circle. Um, all right. The other name that's jumping out to me on the on the old school guy, and I got two names in mind, and one, <laughs> that's a tough one. This The one that jumps out to me is Marcus Allen. And I, I know. And I and I and I've got another guy. But what was that last hint you gave before you? You gave some kind of hint. He that got he'd it. Only he done barely it. cleared both guardrails, but then was never close ever again. Okay, so it, it's not going to be Marcus then. It's got to be more of a one-hit wonder. I got nothing. I'm sorry, um, I can't help you on. Okay, this. so I, here's I, what I'm going to say, and it's not going to be this guy, but I want to work through it. My guy, who I met at the Super Bowl in Minnesota, the reason that I love 44 was Chuck Foreman. Chuck Foreman, I do believe, was one of the running backs that led the league in catches as a running back. But I don't believe the years are going to match up. Um, I think he may have been a little too early even for this question. Chuck Foreman. I don't know if he played in the 80s. <sighs> All right. All right, we got we to get something. What about, what about, let me throw out a couple names to you. I'm trying to think of Tony Dorsett, Roger Craig, those type of guys. I don't know. Our shot clock's but cut running actually, out. Actually, Dorsett, do you want, Dorsett, do you want Dorsett's a hint? Strong, do you want, it, do you want a hint? Yes, give me one more hint. When you're talking about the 80s guys, you've already said his name. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? We didn't name I that am many not. guys. We didn't name that many guys. 
All right, Dorset. the guy that fits the bill on a one-hit wonder would be Roger Craig because I all I can see is him in that Super Bowl cutting left and then the high steps going forward and busting through that hole and kind of going high step. We're going to go with we're going to go with Roger Craig. And you nailed it. He hit it by 50 yards in rushing and 16 oh. yards in receiving. Where in Woo. the hell is Hembo? There you go. Just find Stick out it right to now him. today is true. That's awesome. Take that, Hembo. That's a hell of a question, by the way. Great job, big doll. I like the work. Oh, you got right one, there. man. Tag team that thing. Tag team back again. Mm, like the hard time for anything else. Yeah, think? yeah, we got one more here. So John John Harbaugh said they're going to be looking for wide receivers in, the, in this draft that fits what they need at the position. Question is, is what type of receiver do they need in this draft? Huh. You need the guy. Those. You need the guy. Let me let me go, go ahead. ahead. It's your no, team. Go ahead. It's your team. No, no, fire away. I was going to say that dude from LSU. I like because yeah, he's big and he can play thing. inside and outside. The, yeah. the dude Marshall. Same from LSU. Thing. He's Terrence fast. Marshall. Yep. He's a big slot guy, but you can line him up anywhere, and I think he could lid the lift, uh, lift the lid for you, as yeah. he said. You like him? I do like him. And, and another name, guy from the Big Ten, Rashad Bateman. He does some of that same stuff. AR. You're touching on inside, outside, can do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Kind of a big body guy, Terrence Marshall. But I think both of those guys are kind of cut from the same cloth. And I think that's what the Ravens, they got to do. Because I don't think investing in you know high-end wide receiver money is ever going to be their thing. The way they like to get things done in the trenches with that running game. So they got to hit on a young playmaker that's going to come in and make an impact opposite Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews. So I think Think those two guys, Terrence Marshall, Rashad Bateman, I'm in. Yeah. He's a Terrence without the N though, right? Terrence? Is that how he yeah, I don't I yeah, I think it's an amazing name, right. name. Yeah, let me get that um, right. Yeah, you're right. It is Terrence. All right, so by the way, I gotta give some so I did not by the way, I didn't even look at Twitter. Um let's see, I got the uh let's see, doing the favor it's Roger Craig. I know this one. Roger Craig. Okay, so by the way, they were feeding me the answer, but as God is my witness, I did not look at the mentions. I appreciate your honesty. But these people did did get it. Okay. No, um, I appreciate your honesty, and I appreciate our listeners just being so baller, man. Like, they're all over it. I love that. Let me see something. Somebody just texted me about um, LaDainian Tomlinson and asked me, did LaDainian get 1K and 1K? Um, he may not have gotten... 1k on receiving i don't i just that's why i threw it out there i know he I know. he had all those one i mean we knew he had the rushing down i don't know if he had a thousand yard receiving oh, i don't TZ? the pride of tcu he may not have man we'll love to this touchdown that. i know he had a lot of receiving yards but he may not have had a 1k season okay i thought he caught 100 balls one year but maybe it wasn't oh, for a bunch of pride yards of the pride of the charges uh joe noga is going to jump on the program next cleveland.com and we'll talk to him about the big game tonight, the Indians. Revenge, revenge. Rothman and Ice on the fan. You love sports. We love sports. You love the Buckeyes. We love the Buckeyes. You love your mom. We love your mom. The fan, Ohio sports destination. They're both former athletes for a reason. Good thing they can talk sports. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. All right, back on Rothman and Ice here on The Fan. It's Anthony Rothman, Maddie Ice-Hayes. We welcome back to the program on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. He is Joe Noga, sports reporter at Cleveland.com and the Plain Dealer covering the Indians. Joe, good to have you. Good to be with you guys. Uh, let's talk a little bit about 
a team that has one of the best ERAs in baseball right now, but dead last, I think, in the AL and batting average. They are a winning baseball team, Joe. How long can they keep that up? Oh, it's not exactly the uh, the formula that you envision uh, when you when you put a team together. Uh, but uh, the one thing is the surprising thing, uh, you know, leaving the AL in home runs right now. Uh, they they come in bunches and they they they're scoring a, a high percentage of their runs that way uh, with the long ball, and uh, it's another uh, I think way that uh, they can sort of keep things together until a lot more guys click at once their their offense isn't one that has you know maybe more than one guy sort of going well at one time and that's that that's another way that you're going to see inconsistency moving forward what have you thought about eddie rosario so far kind of new face in a new place up there in cleveland obviously comes in gives you some outfield play out there in left field can do some things out in the outfield your overall thoughts on eddie rosario early on this year I, it, what we expected so far, I thought. I think maybe we we thought maybe a little more power, uh, you know, out of him, uh, a few more home runs. But uh, right now, I think getting adjusted to being in a new place uh, might have something to do with it. And you know, he's maybe like we're used to seeing with Carlos Santana over the years, uh, a slow starter in the earlier months. Maybe by uh, mid-May to, to early June, he warms up and, and, and gets super hot and is a guy who could carry it for a couple of uh, games in a row. Joe, we, we figured that the Franklin Lindor trade was inevitable. Uh, where did you stand on whether there was anything they could do to actually keep him? Uh, in looking at what he eventually signed for, uh, it pretty much confirmed what we had all thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it didn't necessarily uh, depend on the team, I don't think. Uh, he was looking for his dollar figure. He was looking for his number, what he thought was fair for him. And and the final number tells you all you need to know. He wanted $1 million more than what Fernando Tatis <laughs> got, and, and that's what he got. And, you know, it's it, it was as much about, uh, you know, respect and, and standing for him as it was uh, where that money was coming from. And, and it's just an unfortunate circumstance that the – the Indians just aren't the team that can can write three hundred million dollar checks. You know, we all know how elite Roberto Perez is on a nightly basis behind the dish, taking care of this pitching staff. But are you surprised at all by the offensive output we're getting from Perez right now, where he's got a couple home runs in the bag, nice chunk of RBIs already? Is this a surprise start offensively for Roberto Perez? Not, not really. Uh, we, we saw him do this. In a, in a full season uh, when he was mostly healthy in 2019, he had a career year at the plate, 20 home runs and, uh, you know, he, and clutch home runs. Everybody who talks about Roberto Perez talks about, when he's at the plate at least, uh, a really good understanding and knowledge of what is in, in the strike zone and what isn't his command of the strike zone they talk about. Uh, not a surprise really that he's, he's putting up these numbers offensively right now, but uh, we've seen him have more uh, more balls get away from him uh, behind the plate defensively in the first maybe month of the season so far than than maybe the, the last two or three years. Uh, and I don't think that's there's anything to it. Uh, it just fluke plays, but I know at least twice uh, Shane Bieber has struck a, a batter out and and the ball's gotten away from Roberto Perez and, and the, the batter's advanced to first. Uh, and that's not to say that I expect any inconsistency out of Perez defensively from here out, but 
it's just kind of surprising that, you know, he's, he's hit a couple of home runs, but the ball's gotten away from him a couple of times behind the plate. So they come back against the guy that just no-hit them. Rodon, what's your prediction? Uh, it's going to be a struggle. You you add in the fact that it's probably going to be about 30 degrees tonight uh, out there, uh, you know, pitching and the, the conditions and, and everything. It's, it's not going to make it easy. Uh, they just have to have a better approach at the plate. Uh, you know what he's going to give you, uh, where, where he's going to try and throw the ball, and it's it's a matter of just getting done what you know you need to get done at the plate against this guy. Uh, he is beatable. They have beaten him in the past. It's it, in, in Chicago, I was there at the game. He just got mm-hmm. stronger and stronger as the game went on. You know, Shane Bieber grabs a lot of the headlines, and rightfully so, for this rotation. But Aaron Savale is off to a really good start uh, this year. 3-0 and right now, really impressing, I think, a lot of people and building off of what we saw uh, from him last year. Just where are you right now with Aaron Savale and how good of a start he, he's had this season? I'm, I'm most, most impressed with Savale because he completely tore down his mechanics in the offseason. He started from ground zero and rebuilt his delivery and his arm path. He shortened everything up. He made it simpler. And it was at the the suggestion of Ruben Niebla, one of the assistant pitching coaches. They started with a football and they, they, you know, revamped his mechanics, throwing a football and then uh, went to his pitching delivery and everything seems to have clicked for him. He can, you know, make adjustments and, and fix problems mid game now, as opposed to having to, you know, analyze things after games. He's he's been impressive. Even when he he scuffles at times during the early part of a game, he he seems to lock in and just like Shane Bieber can get in one of those grooves where he strikes out a few batters or at least pitches to contact. He's been he's been impressive and it's been one of the best positive signs out of that rotation so far. Well we talked about this early in our conversation with you about the the dynamic of, of not hitting but making up for the average with the long ball and the pitching's come around. The bullpen is pretty nasty. How do you feel about um, this lineup as a whole? Like, will they make, will they turn into kind of a, a buyer feel? Do you think this will ever get to the point where they feel like the rotation is so strong, let's not just hand this season away uh, that we could make some improvements and, and actually be a competitive baseball team in this division? And that's the, uh, that's the million dollar question for this team this year is. When when do they turn into sellers? If they do, uh, I think it, it, just a, one example: Jordan Luplo, a guy who, you know, he missed some time in spring training because of a, a twisted ankle. Uh, so we didn't really know what we were going to get out of him, what to expect out of him. Uh, but he started the season only hitting against left-handers, only playing against left-handers, and he's shown now that he can he can hit right-handers. He's had a couple of home runs. He should have what, three home runs against uh, right-handed pitching. But the one in the one against Detroit got uh, overruled or, or uh, missed on that ball that, that left the park but then came back in. Uh, Jordan Luplo is a guy who can extend the lineup a little bit, give you a little bit more pop uh, if, if he plays a little more on a, on a consistent basis. Uh, you know, you've still got guys like Bobby Bradley and Daniel Johnson waiting at the alternate camp to, for their chance to come up. So if, if there's an opportunity, if there's an injury, maybe you see somebody like that come up and, and give the, the offense an injection there. Uh, I, I, I don't know when it happens, but, but yeah, that's, that's 
they're waiting for that shoe to drop. If, if the team just completely goes in the tank in terms of offense, uh, you, you're, you're going to see the, the, the roster turnover start. You know, ERA doesn't mean everything when it comes to a starting pitcher, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But when you look at the group of starting pitchers right now, and Plesak's got an ERA right now north of five. Just wanted to ask you about what you've seen from him. Any reason to be worried about Plesak when you see a, a number like that uh, this at this point in the season? And at this point in the season, no, I I, I don't think uh, you know the ERA number is one to be concerned about. I would I would say you know WHIP is a, a better indicator. Uh, you know uh, fielding independent pitching, which is FIP, that's a, a much better indicator uh, of how the the pitcher is doing relative to the other the other hitters on the on the team. The ERA and wins are, are ones that sort of take into effect or take into account you know, what your teammates do around you. Right now, Zach Plesak just isn't getting batters out uh, as consistently as he did last year. Last year, he was outstanding. You know, when he came back from his uh, little vacation away from the team, uh, he he was focused and locked in, and he needs to get back to that spot. And a uh, big test will be tonight against the White Sox. Great stuff with our friend Joe Noga, Cleveland.com, here on the Bryant Heating Cooling Systems Fangus Hotline. Thanks for setting the scene, Joe. Always Look forward to our updates. Be well. No no problem. Thanks, guys. You got it. Joe Noga was on the Bryant Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. They, they can do it here. They got a couple with the Shy Sox. They got the Slumping Yankees. Then they'll have Minnesota. This will be this could be a decent stretch if they can uh, get their hitting shoes on. We'll find out. We'll come back with an NFL two-minute drill. Rothman and Ice on the fan. In case you haven't noticed, we have a thing about hiring former Buckeye linebackers. If we don't, they'll Kill us, Bishop and Laurinaitis. Weekdays from 9 to noon. The Fan. It's time for the NFL Two-Minute Drill. Sponsored by Dr. Mark Levy. Stop snoring and start sleeping now. Visit sleepbettercolumbus.com today. All right, NFL Two-Minute Drill time. Talked a lot about the 49ers and who they may target at number three in the NFL draft and and everyone said, well, follow the clues. What clues? I, I don't have any clues. I know that he's traveled to pro days. He's got his to-go mug. He looks comfortable with all three. My initial instinct was you can't trade that much and go up there and say, well, any one of those guys will do. Like I, That's just, to me, it's too much to feel that way. I could be wrong. Some people are saying that he is devoted to these immobile pocket quarterbacks. And that's why he's going to take Mac. He just wants the quarterback that's going to do everything he wants to do and nothing more. Now, he, he's had success with pocket quarterbacks. He's, he, he does that when he has the right team around them. But, you know, he grew up watching his dad, Mike, coach John Elway and Steve Young. And, you know, and look what Mahomes did to his team in the Super Bowl. Like, he knows what a guy like that can do. So... If you if you know the clues that I should follow, then let me know, because I don't know them. Right now, he's done a great job, I think. No doubt, man. It's been unreal trying to figure this thing out. We'll do it for another eight and a half days until we get uh, to the 29th. I still believe it's going to be Justin Fields yeah. when we get to their pick. 
at number three, but there has been a lot of noise around Mac Jones and, and Trey Lance. I just don't know what that's going to look like, and he seems like a guy, every time you hear something about Trey Lance, is you, Trey Lance is, mm-hmm. you want him to chill out for a little bit before you throw him out there, and I think I don't think that's San Francisco situation because they got to be ready to go because mm-hmm. their team's going to be too good to be waiting on yeah. a rookie quarterback to be figuring it out. That, that can't go out and get it done, so yeah, I'm in the fields camp with, mm-hmm. with you know the 49ers. We talked to Rob Guerrero, who covers the Niners out there on the left coast, and I asked him about what, what the fans want, and he said that it's Justin Fields is what they want, but Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, we don't know what they want is the problem. So let me, let me bolster the argument for Fields, what you've just said. The 49ers use motion in their, in their offense at the highest rate in the NFL since he's taken over, almost 70%. Well, we know what Fields can do. They use play action the eighth most in the NFL. Mm, Love that. Since 2017. Third most from under center during that time. Now, Fields did most of the play action from the gun. But he can go under center. Yep. And those are the... if, If you want to be led there, I think you can find something to take you there. And I think that would be it for me, and that would be it for you. That... He's played against the best competition. He's tough. He's got a great arm. He can move. He's a leader. He fits what you do offensively. Unless you just think that Lance has a much higher ceiling or that Mac Jones is more ready-made for what you just said, which is the 49ers are wanting to win now, and maybe he would take less seasoning in what what I'm going to ask him to do. But to me, I'm betting on the long-term future if I'm trying to go up to three and get a franchise quarterback. And here's the thing, because I agree with what you said. I think with Justin Fields, you can get both done. Because I think Justin Fields can handle stepping in to San Francisco situation next year and balling out, but then at the same time get better along the way and get better, obviously, Mm -hmm. with years to come. It's just Kyle Shanahan, we've been told for years how great of a play caller he is, how great of an offensive mind he is, how ridiculous that running game is in San Francisco. Why wouldn't you want to attach yourself with a guy that's got so much room to go and can really just be a rock for your franchise in years to come? I just think Mac Jones is just going to be a middle-of-the-road guy. I don't think we'll ever be talking about Mac Jones as one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and I think Justin Fields has that potential in him. Well, can he be a Kirk Cousins? And I'm not saying that's the level you want him to get to if you're drafting him number three. Certainly you want him to be even higher than that. Yeah, way but that. Shanahan, this is why it's, it's kind of weird, because he likes those dudes that can sit in the pocket and be accurate and, and make great decisions, and that's Mac Jones. But guess what? what? We've just seen. Now, we saw Mac do it with Alabama and all those weapons, but uh, they, he wants a guy that, that can yeah. sit in the pocket and play that position as well. I want that guy too, but mm-hmm. I also want the same guy that can rip you for 50 yards to the right. house and mm-hmm. run over somebody if need be to get a first down. To me, that's Justin Fields, and I just think that's where the league is, honestly. Mm-hmm. like I think that's where the league is and where the league is going, and you better be have a, better be able to have a quarterback that can make you dance a little bit uh, yes. on the defensive side of the ball, because if you don't, there's too many playmakers on defense now, guys that are roaming sideline to sideline, flying all around, Derwin James, like all these safety linebacker hybrid playmakers we're seeing in the NFL start to pop up. Like you can't have a quarterback that can't dance a little bit. You got to have somebody yeah. can get out there two step and get you that first down. Or like I said, take it to the house. And Justin Fields gets you all that. Then he can stand in the pocket too and rip you if need be. That's what that's what I think they should do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking. It. 
I think you and I could complete 70% on screen passes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, just call screens right. for me all day. I could probably play a little pitch and catch. You are absolutely so, right. where are we going here? We'll find out soon enough. Uh, all right. Well, that so that took we got, us to a decent place. We talked about Tomlin and the three-year. Yeah, go ahead. Let me send you out on this little yeah. feel-good vibe. We started with more it, Luther with this CB. Drop it, drop James it. Ingram. There we go. I mean, mm. just go throw this on when you leave work. You had a bad day. Crack the windows a little bit. Let some fresh air come in and throw this on. Mm. Can't help but bounce. Talk to him, Luther. This is going to set me in motion for the little par three start here at the Turtle with Georgie Boy. Go get it. It's going to put me in a good tempo. Tempo is the key. This has great tempo, and I'm going to take it right to number one, Maddie. I love it. I love it. Go get him, man. All right, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Rothman and Ice on the fan.